And welcome to the Heart Guide Media Podcast. Today is Friday the 13th, the franchise. We go through each film, discuss uh, likes, dislikes, uh, favorite moments, favorite kills, uh, favorite male nudity scenes, uh, all the greatest things of this franchise. A very storied franchise, uh, and one of my favorites, of course. Uh, Today, we have one Sean Henderson. Hey, how's it going? We have a one Brian C. Tyler. That's me. And we have, of course, a reoccurring, and I think the most occurred, character in this uh, storied, uh, or yet-to-be-storied, franchise of a podcast. (laughs) Futurely storied. Mr. John Engel. Hello. Fresh from Vermont. Anyway. Alright, so, Friday the 13th, the franchise... There's so much to discuss, so let's kick it off right here. The very first, the original. Sean Cunningham makes it possible. What's everyone's opinion on the first film? Obviously, it's a landmark film. It started the summer camp slasher with many that would follow. You talk Sleepaway Camp, The Burning. I mean, they all are linked to... The 1980 masterpiece, Friday the 13th. Madman. Boys, what do we have to say? I love it. It's very simple, but it's great. It's something John kind of, and I kind of talked about earlier, too. Is it's, one, it's one franchise where they didn't try to church it up by storyline. They're like, okay, the kids are secluded. They're at the camp for whatever reason, and they're isolated enough where they're going to get killed, and they're going to get picked off one by one. And people slowly realize it, and it's a very simple concept throughout all the movies. Except for, you know, Takes Manhattan, where they land on a fucking cruise <laughs> ship. But, uh, I mean, it's, it, that is the glory of the whole franchise, too, is it stays so simple. Like, teenagers at the camp, getting killed, getting picked off. Smoking pot, having sex. Yes, you smoke pot, you do drugs, you have sex, you, you die. die. And it's great. It's actually... It's, it shouldn't be a tutorial. You didn't need the D.A.R.E. program. <laughs> Friday the 13th was way better than the D.A.R.E. program. It taught abstinence. It taught abstinence from drugs and Sobriety. alcohol. Seriously. But, I mean, it kind of... What are... You know, when you think what this all started, like, obviously launched the career of Kevin Bacon. I mean, there's no denying that. Uh... But what are your initial thoughts when you think back to the original? To try to even cut out that there were so many films after it. Well, 11 total if you count all of them. Should we go around the room? Let's go around the room. Sean, what was your first... Was this the first, What was the first Friday the 13th movie you saw? My was first it? Friday the 13th movie I saw was actually Part 7. I bought the VH- Part 7. I bought the VHS tape down in Texas, Kansas, fucking Arkansas. I think it was like an FYE type store. My mom was just like, hey, go buy like... What the fuck were you down in Arkansas for? Uh, he's just dropping the town of Dreaded Sundown <laughs> to start the podcast. It was Chong all those years ago. I actually have family that lives in Arkansas. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So my mom's like, here, go pick out VHS tape. We're visiting your aunt. You need something to watch. So then I'm like, oh, I'll just pick out a Friday the 13th movie. And I just literally just grabbed part seven. Without seeing, like, any other one before that. That's a hell of an introduction into the franchise. The <laughs> I, one with I the know. telekinesis uh, 
Good luck, Brian. Following up after that, this guy buys it down and uh, this guy's fucking the Phantom Killer's yeah, neighborhood. Yeah, he was down there fucking picking up Johnny Cash forty fives and fucking Texas fucking... <laughs> Brian, the first... first one I saw was yeah. actually the original, and it actually freaked me out when I was a kid because I remember because you found the... Betsy Palmer so hot. Oh my god, she is sexy. <laughs> it's scary how hot she is and how much I wanted to bang her at such a young age, especially but... that sweater. <laughs> Seriousness, that I don't think I did it right. Was that you? Was but, that you coming at a young age to Betsy Palmer? <laughs> All right, moving I think on it's Kiki, Kiki Mama. But, that noise uh, actually freaked me out. The image of her getting her head chopped off like haunted me. Remember on the Stephen King podcast, I was talking about decapitations in movies. Yeah, how they were like wicked disturbing to me as a kid. Yeah, and to you, and to you. Now. Quick interruption. Done, oh, you oh, Go ahead with your quick interruption. When she puts her hands up like that, is that Savini's hands or was it's, that Tasso? It's, it's Tasso it was Tasso Stavarkas. That's yeah. right. Um, I actually have a, a photo signed by him where, by where the, the, the torso is up here with his hands and then his face is in the abdomen smiling. Yeah. yeah. Betsy Palmer. Yeah. The only justification. I mean, no one was pausing their their. VCRs back then to see that there was hairy knuckles on Betsy yeah, Palmer. Yeah, so very, very large, if they, hairy hands. If they did, they just have to write it up to that she's Italian. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, that was the first one I saw, and it freaked me out. And to this day, it's still my favorite. I mean, I love Jason. Still your favorite out of all of them. We all love Jason, but I just have like this special bond with Mrs. Voorhees. Me damn right. And I, I feel do. bad for her. Like, her son drowned. No one was paying attention. They they should have been watching him. She's it's, right. But <laughs> Alice and the the other ones had nothing to do with it. So I kind of wish like they could have just sat down and talked. Like where we were very they were very they weren't even born yet when Jason drowned. No, but you know it's exacting a revenge revengeance exacting vengeance upon all the. I get delinquent it. Delinquent hey, kids. Hey, I get it. I just wish they could have sat down and, and talked it out. Well, it never happened, did, and thank God it didn't, because we got so God many glorious films. Because we have so many glorious films, but I mean, if it was happening in real life, I'd be the mediator, and I'd be like, Alice, Pamela, listen, this is how it's going to go down. No one's killing anybody today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that reasoning would have definitely worked. <laughs> anyway. But I think Betsy Palmer's performance is brilliant. She's one of my favorite movie serial killers that actually like talks she's and kinda, has a personality. She's forgotten because, obviously, the character of Jason Voorhees became, obviously, the staple, the face of the franchise. But without her, there is no franchise. P- part, part three, really. Thank People you, associate with uh, that hockey mask. Yeah. And... A lot of people uh, disregard one and two. I, I I think there was a line in one of the screams. Was it the original scream where you know who's the killer in Friday the Thirteenth? Can I actually interrupt you? I was about to say that I actually did not see Friday the Thirteenth until, or I saw Scream first, then I saw Friday the Thirteenth. So Scream actually spoiled. Who so the it kid? was the original ah. Scream yeah. where yeah, she was like, she, she's it's like Jason. Jason. Yeah, it's Jason. And he's like, like no, sorry, it's 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 uh, it's. It's his mother. Yeah, Jason like, didn't appear until the sequel. Yeah, it's like if you knew the, if you saw Friday thirteen thousand times, you would know that Pamela Voorhees was the killer. Yeah, yeah Ghostface is such a snob. <laughs> um, what a film critic. But moving on, that's um, yeah, it's something that it's so funny that Jason, you know, obviously once the hockey mask got introduced, it was 
it was all, it was all over as far as mm-hmm. they had something to market at that point. Yeah. You ever so, see the the fan art yeah. for the original? But it's like the hockey mask. Yeah. I'm like, come on, justice for Betsy Palmer. Yeah, it's. Uh, it's, it's kind the of like, sack head has really been it, and skipped over and oh yeah, you know, but I it's so funny that the franchise too, so actually that it picked up because when you think about kind of the whole story of the original story, the original film, you would think that Jason would be like people would see him as a secondary character where it wasn't as interesting. But each film got you know made more money. I think up until eight. Eight money. I know they all made money because they were relatively cheap for what they were doing. Make, yeah. Probably the cheapest sequels of all the f- big top horror franchises because, I mean, what was the most, the biggest expense they probably had in all the films was probably Betsy Palmer's it, salary. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, in all the films was probably part eight where they're like, yeah, well, we need a fucking cruise ship now. Right. And we need... Uh, I, know, I know that had to have been expensive yeah. when you're shooting in Times Square and on the subways and things. Oh, yeah. Um, but at that less, point... Because I think they were doing it... They were universal, so I'm sure they weren't doing it uh, Larry Cohen, gorilla style. They must made, have had permits. But. They had made so much money up to that point, too. I think that that's when they could kind of spend a little bit more money. Splurge, where, yeah. Move, um, they, maybe that was some... Uh, they had the extra money to spend, so that's why they moved it to, uh, you know, quote-unquote Manhattan. But anyway, it is back... A, it, it is an ingenious plot to make money when you have no-name actors and actresses isolated in a setting in the woods. It can be anywhere in any woods, and you can say it's Camp Crystal Lake, and then literally just have someone hacking them up in in various ways, and it just blew up and became so famous. Actually, the uh, budget for Part A was... Five million dollars. Five million, and it made fourteen million. Yeah, the tri- it almost triples its you know cost. But I guess moving on. Yes, it's it's kind of crazy that that Betsy Palmer, the character of Pamela Voorhees, isn't as revered as you think it would be, especially because that's the original people usually. Which I know people do hold the f- for the original in high regard. Obviously, it started the whole franchise. It started a lot. It started the whole summer camp slasher. Um, but it's funny that he, someone so, that essentially didn't get masked properly until the, the third fucking act in part three. Thanks to Shelly. Yeah. Shelly! <laughs> I think they could have done that better. As I think, far as I how think they could have, I think the... they could have, like, uh, like, uh, Pamela Voorhees actually, you know... Her boy, Jason's father was a, actually a hockey player. And Pamela freaking <laughs> Pamela what? banged him out and, and fucking under the bleachers, and that's why he's wearing a hockey mask. Listen, I I don't disagree with it, but I, again, I don't think they wanted to get too intricate in with that storyline. They no. wanted it just nice and simple. Shelley's a fucking comical guy. He brings the hockey mask. He gets harpooned, or somebody did, and he fucking they steal the hockey mask. Yeah, yeah, I like it. that too. So moving, uh, leaning, getting. Getting more towards the the original one, let's talk. Do you have a favorite kill from the original? Everyone, the Kevin Bacon arrow. Uh, yeah, I mean that's kind of it's kind of hard to beat that. Yeah, and but, I think that that was sort of that kill in particular is really what showcased mine. T- Tom Savini's oh. work. You know, he had done things prior. Obviously, he did Dawn of the Dead, but you know that really 
wasn't as impressive as far as I'm concerned as Friday, Friday the 13th Which, was. With I, the bed gimmick and, you know, that was, you know, all of his illusions coming to life. Absolutely. Well, then I also love how the fact that, like, the pump didn't work, so he fucking cut the tube and he blew in himself. Yeah. That's the reason why the uh, blood had bubbles yeah. in it. yeah. Which is, I mean, there, there's so many, I mean, obviously the special features, but then, you know, his name is Jason, that documentary, yeah. and now they have the Crystal, Crystal Lake, Lake Memories, memories. memories <laughs> documentary. Check those out if you want any of these useless facts that we've all been hoarding in our brains until we hit fucking play on this podcast. And we've been waiting for Jason's birthday. Yeah, we've been waiting for this shit. Today is his birthday. And that's June 13th, though. Oh, it is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean... But, I mean Friday the 13th is going to be his birthday, so, so he'll get a couple every year. He just rebooted it. And we didn't get a fucking cake. I'm very upset. But yes, it is Friday the 13th. I forgot to mention that in the fucking intro. Fuck, no, you didn't. Yeah. That was the very first thing you said, homie. Yeah, you, Did you, I say it's Friday the 13th? You said, it's Friday the 13th. And today we'll be discussing the franchise. I can't confirm that. Oh, I guess that's, that's that, kind of a play on it. Okay. That was the lead-in. My oh, yeah. Per- well, perfect. It's right, very it. relevant to be here today. It definitely is, especially in October. Yeah. How, how many? How fitting? You, some some years you don't even get a Friday the Thirteenth. Well, not only do we get one, but in October. But since you uh, skipped over me as far as you know, the first <laughs> Friday the Thirteenth film I saw. Oh yeah, sorry. I'll, go, I'll hijack yeah. the show and go back. Um, so I remember pre Best Buy days, we had a, a Circuit City yeah. at the mall, Sangertown Square Mall in New Harvard, and. Uh, I remember they would have these little wooden dump bins at the end of the aisles on on roller rollers like these carts, and they'd have it all you know anything in here four dollars or something. And uh, I remember picking up Friday the Thirteenth one, seven, and eight because that's what was in there, um, and watching them all consecutively. And uh, yeah, that was. Uh, that was my intro. I think my first, because I actually, often when I round table this and let all you fucks talk, I kind of forget to talk myself. Um, yeah, you haven't gotten a word in. Yeah, <laughs> not <laughs> Um, I think the first one I saw, well, I remember seeing was definitely the final chapter. It's classic. Part four. Yeah. Um, which, when you think about characters that kind of went on to be real big stars the only two i can think of off the top of my head kevin bacon crispin glover oh crispin glover but can we call him a big star no not really yeah willard see the movie fantastic fuck that guy uh, <laughs> have you seen back to the future back part two? Oh yeah he's not in that <laughs> charlie's angels Wait, full throttle no there was like that's a whole different no, that's story a whole, that's a dude that looks like him because they couldn't come to fucking terms i and, guess and then jesse and i went to new jersey horror con and there were strict rules posted about how do not bring anything from the trilogy for him to sign he will not yeah. sign it and jesse's like there's nothing happening how many fans <laughs> does he have to begin with he's gonna alienate people by refusing to sign things <laughs> seriously but, but like really who were you gonna say Kevin bacon and feldman felt there's uh, yeah, no I can't one believe i forgot Feld. there's no one else that really had a big career in this franchise besides kevin bacon and Corey feldman no, I would, I would absolutely agree with that. But, uh, yeah, so Final Chapter was the first I saw, uh, but... What are you trying to say? The, the fat kid from Part 5 with the candy bar? <laughs> Just forget it, Vin! Just forget it! <laughs> what are you that trying to say? was Ames... A rapist! Well, well, let's, let's, let's bring it back. I don't know what... He had some funny he business. He was... 
courting Haim, from what I can tell. And you can read Corey Feldman. What's his Feldman's. name again? I forget his name. But Dominic, Dominic something, I forget it. He's like a... I think Brassia? He, Dominic Brassia? Yes. Feldman outs him in his autobiography, doesn't yes, he, or something? In, in choreography, Corey Feldman's book, which we both, we both own. Um, he, uh, he mentions his name and, you know, does he even mention him by name? I don't think he does, but I mean, it's pretty evident who it is. Yeah. We know who it is. Because if you look in their filmographies, there's certain films that overlap anyway. I know they worked on, there's, I I think that if I'm not mistaken, he might be in Dream a Little Dream too, but he he was in a few of their films. Yeah. So I guess shifting, obviously the first Friday the 13th, uh, the one thing I want to touch on before we move to part two, because I mean, we could spend fucking 12 hours just talking about this. So we're just going to kind of, Move at a decent pace. So the poster, I think, is the best. I it's probably the best artwork of the oh, yeah. whole f- franchise for sure. I actually think it's probably top five horror film posters ever. Yeah, any franchise. Yeah, it's I put it right up there with Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, it's phenomenal. And I think I just related to it just because it was you know the woods is the wilderness. I grew out in the, grew up in the rural area. I always for setting wise, and I've talked about this on other episodes where. You know, whenever I see that, whenever the the settings in movies were big for me when I was a kid, because it determined whether or not it was believable believable for me. Like, if I watched, like, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, like, yeah, kind of got that, like, when I went to school and I seen the suburbs and stuff, but I kind of grew up in a rural area, so I didn't really have a deep connection with films that were shot. I did, but, like, setting-wise, if you can put me in a setting that is familiar to me, you already have me bought in a thousand percent before you even get into the, what the story's about. So that was something that, you know, thinking back to those first thoughts you have when you see movie posters and and covers for VHSs and things like that, that's some of the first stuff that I kind of think about. But, Shot on location, Blairstown, New Jersey, camp at, at an actually functioning Boy Scout camp. Oh, yeah, which you went Which I've been, been to. to a couple times, yeah. What's I've, the camp called? Camp... Uh, Nobi Bosco, which is uh, almost like an acronym. It's like Northern Boy Scout, you know, what have you. Um, but yeah, the the camps. I, I think the Boy Scouts are hurting um, nowadays, and uh, so they opened the camp up a few a few times on a few different Friday the Thirteenth over the past bunch of years. I've been to a couple of them, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely uh, solidified my love for that film because it to this day um there's been so few renovations it looks just like that's great did did you get a deck of uh original uno cards there too um well they have they have souvenirs um different things you know they they've done nature's forced them to do certain renovations on on the cabins and they have like logs for sale you know um the docks had to be replaced because they weren't safe for the kids anymore so those wooden docks you see um in the original film they've cut those up and they offer you stuff like that but yeah i got you guys all water from there yeah yeah, yeah for christmas yeah <laughs> which i still have mine did yeah, you get uno cards there though <laughs> sean goes which i still have mine i didn't fucking throw it out like every other christmas gift <laughs> i don't think sean you prick um but yes no, i have mine displayed right there actually do you still have yours yeah it's displayed on my uh blu-ray and sure. that was from that was the last time i was 2013 there, was it i or 2014 2015, dude. Yeah, fucking 15. Mine's actually on my comic rack. Um, yeah, so I took that. I got water out of Camp Crystal Lake on a Friday the 13th. Um, but yeah, that the 
the setting, it's just like you'd imagine. Um, it, it really is stunning, the lake. Um, the only thing that I found incredibly interesting is that movie magic would have you believe that, you know, all these cabins are right next to each other and, you know, they pop out of a cabin and, and there's the archery field when in actuality it's literally like a fucking mile up the mountain. No shit. So, you know, the way they edit things, it looks like a little small camp. It's not. It's the cabins are spread out. The lake's humongous. Um, Which is something you would never know unless you actually went there like you did. And it's it, it's a it's a, an opportunity I recommend to anybody if you get a chance to do it. Um, all the proceeds obviously go to the Boy Scouts. I forget how much a ticket was. It, it's not un, unreasonable for what you get an entire day there. And they gave you I, peanut butter and jelly, didn't you? Didn't they? They, it was hot dogs and oh, hot sure. dogs and chips and things. But it's a guided tour they give you of the, cool. uh, of the location. And they actually... Uh, put some effort into it because they have a binder. They researched everything. So if you ever get a chance, um, can I ask you a question about that? Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> Josh was going to buy tickets this year so we could go, and then they didn't have one this year. They did have one this year. No, they didn't. Yeah, they did. No, they didn't. <laughs> okay, well I can't have a conversation with you about it then. Okay, well <laughs> let's just let's just assume that they did. But go ahead. Disagree. Yeah, he said that, like, you can just buy the tickets. They said they go up for sale at a certain time. And uh -huh. then he was at work, and he got an email at 4.30 saying tickets are on sale. And then he didn't see the email until 7.30, and they were already sold out. So does it really did well, it work like that when you did it? The last tour, honestly, the first time, I, I went on the second one they ever had. The first one um, was very, very small, but anyway, it, it, it did sell out, um, within minutes, I think, and then they put us on a, a waiting list. Oh. I think the, the biggest issue, um, why they cap it is just because, um, they have to have enough parking, obviously, to accommodate everybody, and then also they only have a certain number of tour guides, so they, uh, but anyway, back to you, um, Jesse. <laughs> one last thing we'll touch on before we move on to the second one, Adrian King. Yeah. She's one of the nicest people I've ever met at a convention. I haven't met her, but um, she's, she's I know all you guys have. She's, yes. She she has her own winery yeah. now. She does. She I know she paints and things. Has art she sells. She's kind of it's she's kind of underrated. I feel like when I watch when I watch the original now, she gets sexier with age. I think uh, she's like wine. I think she's Just like, like the wine. Her wine. Yeah, like her. Wine. <laughs> uh, I think. Uh, I think she played that so straight, and she was really convincing, good, and it's kind of it's kind of unfortunate she didn't have like a bigger career. But I know to the same effect, she was she had stalkers, so maybe say, that that's that. that I think that prevented her from wanting to even get. And think about that; she was just in essentially one and you know a friggin' uh, fraction of the first one or the second, the sequel. And I think that that was a a means of they. I, I don't know if this is true or not, but I had heard somewhere that they had wanted to incorporate her into the next film, and then she had that stalker issue, and then, um, so they just said, okay, we're going to kill your character off. Yeah. And which really didn't do her justice at all, because she survives that, you know, all, all all the horrors of the first film, and then in the first few minutes gets killed, you know, a fucking cat jumps out of the fridge, or whatever that was. The window. <laughs> the window. Yeah, she I opens guess, up the fridge, there's a head in there. I guess that scene, she said, was, like, totally improvised. Like, she showed up that day and was basically told, like, this is what you're going to do. Yeah, but with that, it just shows that, like, Jason is more, like, more of a, you know, evil killer than fucking Pamela Voorhees was. If, like, Jason was able to kill her, but not his fucking mother. 
He snuck up behind her and killed her. Yeah. Pamela didn't fucking sneak up. And that brings up a whole different story, how Jason, you know, even tracked her down. You know, he's supposed to be, like, an illiterate... So... Mongoloid. So, moving on to part two. (laughs) So, moving on to part two. So, the beginning, obviously, Jason decides to... Exact revenge. He's taking a stroll into the city. Apparently, I think it's still. I think it's still Crystal Lake Township. <laughs> I don't know. Well, someone. Well, he decides to take the fucking bus, and no one questions he has a fucking sack on his head. Apparently, he's <laughs> <laughs> like, "Oh, no shit, a fucking mongoloid fucking taking the bus." <laughs> it must be you to go. <laughs> anyway, she gets a hard fucking screwdriver in the side of the fucking head, and and Adrian King's out of the franchise. Don't See you later. Know. Enter Amy Steele. Amy Steele. Who's probably, honestly, one of the best heroines of any of the major franchises. I put, she is kick-ass. I put her... She's my... Um, she's my number one in as far as the... Final Girls. Final Girls in the Friday the 13th. Me? By far. Yeah, me yeah. too. I think... Me too. Well, let's be honest. Uh, not to jump ahead, but nobody even knows anybody past two, I feel like. <laughs> it's what, like what, what they're past? all just nameless fucking... Wait, when fucking... you say past two, what do you mean? Like I think when what we talk about two? when we talk about final girls, everyone knows Alice, everyone knows Ginny, but me personally, I've watched them all a million times. I can't even for the life of me think of what any of their names are. The final Lark, girls pass. Lark, oh, Lark, Park, Lark, Lincoln, Park, Lincoln. in seven. Come on, that's that's uh, that's a little different. But you know anybody else? Nobody cares. You know what I mean? It's true. And then if you want to talk, the most ultimate final girl isn't even a girl at all. It's Corey Feldman. You damn right, Tommy Jarvis. Anyway, we're going too fast. Part two. My my third favorite, and we're gonna talk top five of the Friday films at the end. My favorite kill of the franchise. But oh, it's his wheelchair. Easy. Wheelchair. Oh, yeah. Wheelchair. It, what did he get? In the, he got an axe in the head. Machete. He got, machete. Oh, he got the machete in the head, and then he rolled backwards down the stairs. Yeah. Part two Great. has the hottest guys in the franchise. You think so? Were you yeah. all about that crip dick? I was all about that. <laughs> and when I say dick. crip, I don't mean like a blood in a crip. I mean like actual crippled, his crippled dick. Oh my god. <laughs> you just alienated half no, of <laughs> His dick still works. We lost all of our friggin' gang affiliates. That guy in Portugal was fucking <laughs> handicapped, and now he's never coming back. Well, listen, if you're handicapped, I'll... I'm just making a joke. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> well, his name was Mark. He was about to have sex with Vicky, so... How is he dicks... gonna have sex, though? You can he's... still have sex he when your his... legs don't work. Okay, but it's completely unfulfilling. Have you seen Lieutenant Dan? Lieutenant Diane ain't no. no legs. I don't think he didn't. Ha- he didn't oh, have Lieutenant legs. Did he? <laughs> <laughs> totally yeah, hurt. but if you can't feel anything from the, f- <laughs> if you can't feel anything from the waist down, how is blood rushing to it? I've actually looked this up. If <laughs> <laughs> I've actually extensive this fucking up. research. Chalk no, because like everyone always talks about this. If you're paralyzed, what do you mean everyone always talks about? Okay, this? apparently. Oh my god, office, let him talk. He knows something. At my place of work, <laughs> we get really bored, so we actually look up like really dumb shit. If you're uh, paralyzed from the legs down, you can still use your penis. Yeah, but how does it get hard? Fucking blood rushes to it. I don't yeah, know. How does your mean? penis work? Well, well, I think I my <laughs> fucking neutrons in my fucking brain shoot off. That fucking blood's got to rush to the old cock. 
Like how if you don't have like this if, is taking a turn. Yeah, get back on track. <laughs> all right, all right, getting back on track. Cripples can't have sex. If you're there a you doctor in the medical that, field, no, anything cripples about, can have sex. I'm, I'm not saying that they can't have sex. I'm just saying it's literally like I'm fucking. Sorry. Okay, yeah, it's like it. shooting a fucking corpse. It doesn't make sense. It's dead already. The bottom line not is not getting Mark, Mark not got cock blocked. It gets hard, and you can have sex with Mark. Okay. Mark, can Mark sex. Well, got regardless, shut down by Jason. With Mark got shut the fuck down. He's a little way. older and silver bullet, and you can have sex with anybody in a wheelchair. It's the thing we find it odd that they never that they sh- maybe should have played that angle where uh, the Reverend, aka the werewolf, molested. Friday the Thirteenth Part Two. <laughs> oh my god! Well, with the church and everything, that would have lined up perfectly, and that would have, but. The bottom line is everyone Friday likes the- Reverend Lowe. Mm-hmm. He had he was a sympathetic character, and I think if they threw the molestation angle on him, it would have been weird. But they could have done it. It would have been interesting. Moving on. Well, um, <laughs> you know, and there and there's an argument. How did Jason become a mongoloid? Did Pamela sleep with uh, with her cousin? She you slept know, with a hockey like- player that was all <laughs> fucked up and took a lot of hits. He had CTE, and it transferred into the sperm because he was paralyzed, too. <laughs> oh, my so God. people are just born, you know, deformed, like Rocky Dennis's parents were <laughs> deformed. There was no... There incest. was no incestual relationships? Well, I don't know for sure, but... It's like, not my family. All right, we're stuff. diving too deep into why Jason's half an idiot. Well, so part two was the best sequel in the entire franchise. Yeah. Debatable. I, I'll agree. The best sequel in the franchise? Yeah. Second best sequel. What are you going with the final chapter? Fucking final chapter. Alright, well, part two was awesome. Jenny's great. At, uh, you know, there's a whole separate controversy. Warrington Gillette's credited as Jason, the first man version, you know, adult version of, of Jason. Um, however, Steve Dash, I guess, did all the stunts, which... In a film like that, that's 90% of it. It's is stunned, so apparently Warrington Gillette was only in a couple scenes. Uh, Steve Dash still uh, takes shots at him at conventions and writes the real Jason underneath. That's great. <laughs> underneath his sig. But uh, Paul Fury, was that was Paul Fury the guy from Part 2? Well, John Fury plays Paul. John Fury plays Paul, and he just disappears, right? And then no... There's never any yeah, word about never... It was like a big mystery. What happened to that? He was like the fucking maid, one of the maiden characters of the whole thing, and yeah. then up until the end, and then he disappears. Where's Paul? Where's Paul? Jenny at the end, and they're just like, Paul, he's gone. Bitch. He's at Monster Mania Con, hawking autographs for twenty dollars a shot. Um, but but two is such, and I don't even know if it's the implementation of. Uh, Getting Jason in there and like that's his, you know, Jason becomes the focal point, uh, the main antagonist or protagonist, depends on how you look at the film. Yeah. Um, it just seemed it's such a fun and easy watch, and not that the first one is hard to watch at all. They're all very easy to watch and super enjoyable, even the worst of them. But the second one just has such a nice flow to it. Yeah. And it's so entertaining, and the characters are all likable and it's the only one right that's uh, at a summer camp after <laughs> the original what I, I don't know did they in lar park lincoln's version was that that was at like a cabin by the lake but i mean that was like a full-fledged operational summer camp or was an actual really, summer camp they went oh, well, six six it was yeah, six, six, six well. yeah okay um, um but 
Uh, yeah, it's just yeah, that's true. Well, the of kids course, the cat, yep, yep. you have the a, one of the greatest lines in the whole franchise, which Sean definitely wants to mention too, is fucking Crazy Ralph. Oh yeah, but Ralph of Crazy Ralph, of course, you get the the greatest line. He's got a death curse. <laughs> like, doesn't he say that in one and two? Yeah. Does he say yes? Yeah. But doesn't he? Isn't it more? Isn't it like? Uh, it's a little more over the top. It's more right? pronounced <laughs> in the second one. Yeah, I love Crazy Ralph. Well, he's he's hiding in the fucking cupboard and <laughs> hiding in the fucking pantry with the fucking canned goods. And um, two. Well, I'll say this about one and two, like. Yeah. The characters feel like sort of like real people because I feel like they were all like young actors and they probably all brought a lot of their own personalities into the role, so they just kind of feel like people that you can meet in real life. Yeah, Jim, I think they're me. definitely, absolutely, I feel like in one and two, they're the most memorable yeah. of the teenagers. There's no yeah. oh, yeah. on past that yeah. point. I They're all just disposable. They're all, and I think that that's why, in some ways, that's why the other films weren't as is memorable to me just because those characters were so real opposed to no, just No, they definitely uh, were. Just yeah, three brings in like stereo- the stereotypes and that's where that starts. Yeah. And they just feel like I said like real people in part 2. Well, speaking of 3, one. but part 2 also has Ginny. So that's why a lot of people like it better. That's because, true because she's phenomenal. Yeah, and and she's speaking of somebody who still looks and great, she's tough. she still looks identical, I feel like. Yeah. Um, and she was sort of a scream queen in her own right. She did April Fool's Day um, in the 80s. So part three. In 3D. In 3D. But just to... Moving on to three? Just to well, kind I think of, there's 11 films here. Well, How long is this podcast? Well, just to, well, just to kind of touch on this, uh, two made was made for $1,250,000. Holy shit. Opening weekend, it made almost $6.5 million, And its total gross was... Uh, an ass hair under twenty two million. So what a fucking banger! And it's right. still making them money every year. You know, there's a new cash grab by freaking. Oh yeah, there's <laughs> some re-release. Was it Paramount owns the rights to them? Those I ones? think New Line does now. Yeah, New, New Line. But New it, Line it transferred Paramount? over from Par- Was it? It was Paramount, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, of course. But you know, all these box sets and every they had all the individual releases of the DVD, or the VHS, then the DVDs, and then the freaking Blu-rays, and now all the 4K. box sets, and now they got 4K. They're they're raking in some dough. And I those. know we didn't touch on it, and we kind of got to really talk. We'll talk about towards the end when we start wrapping up, which we're ways away for now. This is going to be an extensive podcast, so I so hope you're it, fucking saddled the fuck in. Um, <laughs> it's your fucking Oktoberfest. But the, yeah, just to kind of touch on, I do want to touch on this with each one uh, too. The first one made for five hundred and fifty thousand dollars, made uh, an ass hair under forty million, thirty nine million seven hundred and fifty four dollars. That's got to be one of the most profitable horror films of all time. Or thirty nine million seven hundred and fifty four six hundred and one dollars. What a fucking banger! But anyway, so is everyone Brian favorite kill of part two? Oh, my favorite kill of part two, the double impalement. That's the first thing I thought of. Ah. I don't know if that's my favorite. That's the first thing I thought of. But we haven't we didn't talk about the the potato sack really before we moved on to the hockey yeah, mask. No. Yeah, I think and that's very I thought, I thought note- we do cuz you know like you took a bus and we're in a fucking potato sack. That's very noteworthy. So I think <clears throat> you should definitely discuss that. It's uh, kind of a rip I would I don't know if it was supposed to rip off Town that dreaded sundown or paint it, it it or whatever. It certainly is a, a similar look, which is uh, the uh, the irony is that Sean bought Friday <laughs> the 13th in Texarkana. 
But Jason, in his overalls and his potato sack holding the pickaxe, that's kind of, um, it's kind of iconic, right? Yeah. Apparently fucking Jason's a ginger, because he had red hair. Yeah. Well, you know, something we haven't even touched on here that I think is interesting is the completely 100% nonsensical plot of Friday the 13th, which we all love and adore, but it's just to go from the reason Pamela was so pissed is because her her son drowned as a child and... Then he shows back up as, an, as a grown adult in part two and like, ah, joke's on you guys. This makes no fucking sense. <laughs> so, all right. Brian, what was your favorite kill? Oh, yeah, you didn't say. You just said that your favorite one, the first one you thought was a double impalement. But my favorite kill is actually the scene where Mark gets the machete in his face and rolls down the stairs. Of course, yes. That's what Sean and I said, too, you fuck. Because as much as I love him and want to ride his cryptic... (laughs) That's very cryptic that you want to ride his cryptic. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, so moving on to the third one. I can't believe I just summed up on the podcast. Yeah, well, welcome to the club, pal. Yeah. So moving on to the third one, Friday the 13th, part three, 3D. Probably, I love that this film wasn't just like, oh yeah, it's a 3D movie. I love that it actually was shot for 3D. There's so many fun things. Even the little things like with the fucking stick, fucking Harold's holding up and it fucking points or to the fucking thing. The yo-yo. The yo-yo. The popcorn. The, the, fucking, the, the somebody... wallet. Remember when she throws in the wallet? Is it that's in 3D? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Somebody's eyeball. Yes. Right? Yes. But it's a shit. So yeah. It's one fucking, fucking Jason shoots the uh, I harpoon. I have some things to say I, about Rick. I actually believe that... T- uh... What do you believe? <laughs> <laughs> I believe in a lot of things, John. <laughs> <laughs> well... Well, one... It's very... I think it's when the franchise really takes a turn. And not even just because he finally dons the fucking hockey mask that fucking Shelly has. And I sympathize and love Shelly's character, mainly because he's fat. And has yeah. curly hair. Yes. I don't have curly hair, though. Dusty's <laughs> uh, like, you can call me fat. You're not talking about my hair in that way. I don't have curly hair. That's for fucking sure. Nothing against curly hair, though. What um, the fuck? You've already offended every other demographic. Might as well throw them under. Oh, well, if you don't like what you're hearing, shut it off and fucking tell me how much you hate me. Fuck you. Um, <laughs> Leave but, a comment below. But for real, though, uh, part three was so much fun. You know, you have the biker gang, which the one biker, um, I can't think of what his actual name is, but he was a security guard in Fright Night too. Nick Not Savage. Fright Night 2, but Fright Night also. His you know, name is Nick Savage. Is Only it? you would fucking know that, and I love you for it. <laughs> it's, it which one was it, of the three? He's the... The one, uh, okay. I'm gonna say it because, I mean, it's just the only way to describe he's him. The he's the black, the black guy. One. Calm down, he's the you black can say guy. he's the black well, guy. Well, I, who knows? Don't, I don't wanna fucking say something that's gonna fucking kill my entire audience. I wanna keep some of them. Uh, particularly uh, our number one, Dan, shout out. Dan, shout out. Mo- most listens. Yeah, you're, <laughs> you're gonna keep your black audience by being uncomfortable saying the black guy. Well, I, people Good are job. easily offended these Good days, job. Brian. I didn't want to fucking piss on someone's fucking Cheerios. 
Anywho, so it was him. Yeah, he was. He was. I'll a say this. I'll say. Right now. I'll say this. The second best of the gang. The first being the one guy that goes. <laughs> call him over because that dude's the fucking man. Yeah, you know what? There's such and he dicks, dies with a cigarette. There's such mouth. dicks though. Yeah, but they're fucking lo- awesome. I do love the scene where. Nick Savage and, wraps the fucking the chain around his thing and just slowly window. like punches the fuck. He's like, "Fuck this window and fuck this yeah. window." And Shelly's just, "They've gone too far." <laughs> yeah, calm down, Shelly. Fuck. <laughs> I know he did nothing. He like charged at him, but oh, he, he ran, ran over, over the motorcycle. Can we talk about how resilient Nick Savage was, though? Motherfucker got beaten half to fuck. He comes back and he's like, "I'm gonna fucking get you, motherfucker." How the fuck does he come back? That's it's, great. It's not even Shelly's van that they drain all the gas out of. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, uh, Rick. Rick is a fucking douchebag. Chris is what Chris is the final <laughs> girl of the movie. Rick is her boyfriend. He is so whiny. Yeah, he's a little bitch. In the whole movie, I just can't wait for him to die. Why? Why? You I, because he's whiny. Okay. You, you know what well, kind of killed it for me? He's like guilt tripping about part time. three. What's that? Was to your exact point how the setting can make or break make or break a film. Uh, part three, dude. We can tell you just dug up that lake. You, just, you made that lake, and nobody in their right mind would swim in that little cesspool. And yet they're like, oh, we're going down to the lake for a swim. It's like you, con- comparing and contrasting the beautiful, pristine lake of, of Camp Crystal Lake in the first one to this little ditch that they dug up and threw some water and branches in, and it was all muddy and shitty. I was like, come on. This is an awful vacation. You go to an old fucking barn out in the middle of nowhere with this handmade lake. I, I, don't like, <laughs> I like the vacation there. Well, you're from it fucking like, Canastota, homie. It <laughs> looks like that little like creek that the standby me kids on his up. Don't ever. <laughs> oh, my God. Ever compare. I think Rob Reiner had a bigger uh, bigger budget than they had on old part three. Jesus, yeah. I, all I'm saying is that what they ended up in in Stand By Me, it wasn't supposed to be a beautiful lake. That's what Friday the 13th part three looked like, that little shit. Anyway, I gotta like talk that. about one of the first one of the first uh, well, few scenes in the movie. Lake <laughs> <laughs> one of the first few scenes of the movie is Harold and his wife. That run the little fucking country store or whatever. I love that one, he's eating the fucking fish food. <laughs> How random and fucking funny is that? And he's just like, oh, much good. Steve Miners, that, that was part of his direction. Steve like, Miner, dude, eat that, dude, eat the, the fish food. Say how good it is. <laughs> and I love it. It's just little things like that because that's how I would act if. If I ran, if Bridget and I ran a country store, I would fucking crack open the peanuts and eat the fucking peanuts and put it back, and then I would get into the chocolate-covered donuts and fucking eat those. And then there's randomly rabbits in your fucking yeah. store yeah. in the produce. It's how like, like the wait, rabbit- how did that rabbit get in the store and up into the produce? Well, I don't. was he talking to it like it was his pet? Because he's like, she yeah. won't kill you if we find you in here. Like, well, do you ever fucking have wild rabbits running all over the place? <laughs> yeah. I know there are rabbits, but not that oh, size. Oh, he had a cage, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, see, uh, this is bringing back all yeah, sorts I'm, of things. Yeah. There's so many entries, I've forgotten that the logistics Did of that it. rabbit, watch it again. And if you're listening, watch that one again. Look at how big that motherfucking rabbit is. It's That's a, a, rabbit. a rabbit from the Netherlands. That's Jesus, a huge-ass really goddamn rabbit. That. that rabbit's been living off all 
that fucking food that all the townspeople are coming in in buying half eaten. You know what though, Edna just needs to calm down a little bit. She's super hard on Harold. I know Harold. Yeah, she makes. She's like, Doc told you to watch your weight. The dude looks like an average dude. Like, you know, it's like, watch your weight, fat ass. Yeah. Well, you know, he weighs you know, 175 pounds, yeah. soaking wet. In her defense, the doctor said it for a reason. Probably, maybe Harold had a heart attack, but still, Edna, you're not helping. Well, maybe it's because he's fucking eating fish food. Like or that. maybe he has to look at his fucking ugly wife yeah. every day with her rollers in. And was that her? You know, yeah. what? if she took her rollers out and just put a little bit of makeup on, I bet she's hot well but she's super what weird. but yes show. steve minor he's the only repeating director repeating director and the only director to have directed both a friday the 13th and a halloween film yes both sir franchises halloween h2o and if you want to take it a step further directed the remake of george romero's day of the dead yeah so which actually was fucking awful oh, but it really was well any movie starring nick cannon and fucking mina savari you knew it's gonna be shit from <laughs> i love ago. mina savari well so do i but what the hell what was she really good in besides the american pie movies american beauty was her the was rage her american too. beauty's over what Okay, well, this is this this is taking a turn for the worse. All right, well, but the whole I, point is that you know Steve Miner has actually gone on to achieve some pretty pretty cool things. He also directed some great films like Forever Young with Mel Gibson and Elijah Wood, Warlock, um, Warlock, House, House. What was that other? I, I, there was a comedy that <laughs> you, you recommended to me. Who fucking Lake Placid? What? There was a comedy that he directed that you recommended to me a while back. I forget what it is off the, off the top of my head, but he's a, he was a great director. And I believe, didn't he produce the first one? He had some role on it. He did something yeah, he on did. the first film. It got me. I don't know. Well, Jesse, come back to the conversation, motherfucker. Well, I'm trying to figure out what movie I recommended to you from Steve Miner. Steve Miner. Well, because it's let's just all just doing. pause. Pause the podcast. No, we're not pausing no. shit. Wait, no. Was favorite... it Private Valentine, Blonde and Dangerous with Jessica Simpson? No, Neither no, one of those no, no. fucking weird movies. Jesse recommended it to me ages ago, and now he fucking forgot. Oh, shit. He did Big Bully? No Sean, shit. You ever yes. seen that one? What do you have to say about part three? I like part three a lot. That's the one that you and I used to watch all the time growing up as kids. I'll let you elaborate, Chong. What do you mean elaborate? I mean, we you know we have a whole podcast to fill here. Let's hear a little we more. We also in got depth. like eight more movies to talk about too. I know. <laughs> I just thought about when Harold ate the chocolate donut, and now I'm really, really glad that Bridget's making cookies in the kitchen. Yes, yeah, she is. Thank I you, think Bridget. it was my father, the hero. Yes, with uh, what's his name, the guy that played Bogus. Well, can I also shout out to Steve Miner that he directed the pilot of one of my favorite television shows of all time, not Dawson's Creek, Wonder Years, The Wonder Years. My favorite death scene. Yes, the death scenes. Is when leather jacket BT wearing hand. a fucking oh! stylish ass H and M ass leather ass <laughs> jacket. Robert Rustler didn't come to town because we got the sometimes they got they, they come back bad guy right here. Yeah, you look like you're ready to throw some fucking Converse on the fucking telephone line right now, motherfucker. <laughs> is the handstand scene? Uh, oh, the, the old handstand, yeah. the old axe to the nuts. Which you can actually do that in the Friday the Thirteenth video game. Really? Yeah. Which I don't have a video game system, but the, I really the wish The physical I did. copy came out today. Yeah. But the well, why? Well, all fuck the other copy copies. was just digital. The digital copy came out like months ago. Oh wow! I don't have a video game system, but I'm telling you, I I want to buy one just so I can play that game. Because did you hear that Savini created? I'm sure Chong did. But Savini created his own Jason character, which said with this black hockey mask. Really? You awesome. only you only got that if you like. 
pre-order. Uh, if you pre-order or donate money to the Kickstarter. That fucking ending. Is that what it was? Yeah. <laughs> Why is Chris having a nightmare about Mrs. Voorhees jumping out of the lake? How does she even know who Mrs. Voorhees is? Grand intuition. Because, yeah, wasn't there a whole story? Oh, I was in the woods and somebody jumped out at Jason me. Jason raped me! Well, yeah, Jason attacked her. They didn't say anything about rape. Well, he dropped his be. diary well, when he I, attacked her. She read through, oh my god, Mrs. Voorhees. Wait, Jason had a fucking diary? No, dude, I'm just fucking <laughs> oh, with you. Jason has a diary. He can't fucking saying. write. He's illiterate. That's yeah. super like, Jason had a diary. It was like a reverse of the original ending in, in the original, but it made sense in the original. Did it, though? I, I don't think anything in this franchise makes a lot of yes, sense. Yes, the original talk, made sense because she knew about Jason. Let's talk Richard Brooker. Well, let me just let me pause on that note. She she may have known because... Or was Friday the 13th Part 3 still a continuation, right? It's like the following day or something? No, because there was time between 1 and then Part 2, right? There was like a year or ever, something? Was it five, five years, five actually. Years. So could, couldn't that she have heard because it was news? It was in the newspapers. Alice killed the mother of the boy who had drowned in the lake. I'd say it. You're right. I'd say it's right. probably you know, in a local paper. We can you tried these... to downplay like you didn't know too much about the franchise. You know, you know you're you know talking your shit. Right we can fill these plot holes ourselves. Pretty easily. well. That's what we do. We yeah. as horror fans, you have an obligation to <laughs> to have a, a, a creative yeah. member, you know, a creative. Uh, I feel I'd... like people who complain about plot holes are just lazy. Assholes, stupid motherfucker. <laughs> and I do love the tagline in this, though. A new dimension in terror. Right? Oh, that is a great, classic. Great. And, and, and actually, you're absolutely right, though. The the 3D in that film for being early 80s was really well done. Yeah. I think it was a lot of fun. It's one of the few films that I haven't watched it in 3D since the three of us. Brian and John watched it yeah. at my house. It, yeah, was just fucking himself. That was a great. Night. I don't think you and John were really. Good. I don't think you had even met John all that recently. Because you're you're hogging John. Yeah, me and I remember being pretty like cool, with John. Well, did you blow him? <laughs> did you? <laughs> <What>? Possibly. <laughs> it all happened on that Friday the Thirteenth. <laughs> all right, no, um, I, I didn't blow John, so I guess uh, I mean. Well, he's not crippled, so he can get it up. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been with a crippled. <laughs> I was just trying to ask. I do remember that there's an excellent photo of the three of us with our 3D glasses on from that occasion. I don't know why question it. If a guy can get his dick up and he can have sex, why question it? No, I was just, I was curious if they can get it up, if... If someone's that should really paralyzed. be the title of this episode yeah. because it's, it's if someone's just... paralyzed from the waist down and they can get hard, I just want to know how the mind okay, communicates with listening with a wheelchair that can have sex. Please give Jesse some feedback and tell him. I'm just curious. I'm not trying to be a dick, and if we take too much of offense to it, I feel like anybody who's been crippled long and is a Friday the Thirteenth fan isn't going to be offended. So, and if they are, it's unfortunate. I didn't say they would be offended. All I right, just said maybe they should school you now the film made or it was made for 2.3 million and it made 36 9 million opening weekend it had uh almost nine and a half million so it made its made its money in spades for sure and that's what uh and even bouncing kind of around and not having made as much as the first one uh I don't know if this includes uh, re-releases, but because I know part part three had been re-released a few times in theaters, mm-hmm. um, as it I think the original was, but uh, what they're just killing it 
as far as low budget and just fucking they they know they're making over 20 million on like a 2 to 3 million dollar movie. Oh, yeah. Like it's crazy. Like and this you could say that Friday the 13th the whole franchise started that low budget and you know it it launched the the franchise the sequel craze of the 80s. You know what I mean? You could say like you know and they all came around the same 2 year mark but like you look at well-known franchises and not so well-known franchises. Obviously, you have Halloween, who has already started before this. Yeah. But you have Nightmare on Elm or Nightmare on Elm Street starts in '84. Sequel, 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 yeah. sequel. And obviously, the most two compared of the, all the franchises is the Friday the Thirteenth franchise and the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. Now, you talk like Howling, another one. Sequel, sequel, sequel. You talk. There's so many. This kind of set the platform for sequels in horror franchises as much as halloween came in 78 81 or 81 was two two. halloween two brian confirmed deny 83 was halloween three and then they didn't yeah then 88 they came back with return of mike Myers. but yeah i know you're right that they were so profitable they kept churning them out yeah like i said it was just they're they're making these movies for easy money a mil a mil two Two, three mil, and, and then and they're guaranteed one, you 20, said two, two point something. Yeah, and this one, two point three, made for I, two point three, and made I fucking thirty six nine. I I guarantee that two of that two point three had to have been on the three D <laughs> technology because yeah, yeah. that fucking film looks like it was made by us with a can. No, I wish, but but it's such a fun film, uh, and like I said, I think that's when the franchise kind of took a turn. Uh, and you have, like, obviously, Richard Brooker, who I wanted to talk about before John R. said, R. hold on, pause. Uh, so, Richard Brooker, you have a funny story about Richard Brooker, because you ordered uh, a package from this company, Creepy Tees, which took over a fucking year to get you this signed shirt, and what else was it? It was, was a poster, a shirt? right? A poster? Was it signed poster? It was a signed poster by the people in the film, right? Mm-hmm. I don't even know where it is anymore. But yeah, I waited a whole year for it, and I do have Richard Berger's autograph now, which is cool. But he died within that time. Yeah, you didn't get it until after his until after his he died, right? Yeah, until after he died. So is it really his autograph, or did these creepy tea cunts actually forge his signature? Because they randomly get it out after he dies. Jeez, I don't know. I call bullshit. Jason, ne- like- Jason never dies, dude. <laughs> he <laughs> came back and signed those shits. I just liked the shirt. That's all I cared And speaking of Finn, I actually think he's like one of my favorite like non-Kane Hodder Jasons. Think so? Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah. I agree with you. Because like, I don't want to jump back to the Friday 13 video game, but part three Jason is my favorite one to play with when you're able to play a Jason. Really? Like, uh-huh. Okay, no, you can't tell me that that scene... Of Richard Book- Brooker in the upstairs trying to open the window isn't like the funniest damn thing you've ever seen. They're like, Ugh. <laughs> I've heard Jason moment in that movie is when he takes the fucking axe to the head and he fucking reaches out. Oh, in the barn there. Yeah, that is a classic. Yeah, I- I'm with you. I think he's he's one of the top Jasons for sure. Well, that whole that axe, that right, mark stays throughout the franchise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in the it, hockey man, I yep. love that it does too because it'll. You could be watching part six or part seven, and you see the little slit in yeah. his mask. It's so fun that they kept that because they, they definitely ignored a lot it. of some <laughs> yeah. some of the other mythology. Oh, so yeah. that was cool that 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 was acknowledged and, yeah. and referenced in each of the films. 
So, I guess we'll move on. But, yeah, we can't underplay the importance of the hockey mask. Obviously, this is the introduction to it. It's where it all began. Shelly was a the, pretty memorable character, too. For, Shelly for the most. is the reason he dons the mask. Yeah. You know? Uh, he's a really... He's a, such a fun character. He stands too. out as, you know, being that jokester. Yeah. And, and he's definitely someone uh, you can, in some ways, relate to. Oh, yeah, he's, relate. yeah, he's one of the best, like, developed characters. in the he absolutely fat all my life. I can relate to that. <laughs> <laughs> that was the filmmakers being like, this is you. Chongo, I love you. Shelly is you guys. You happy? So then we go to part four. And the biggest development in part four, other than Feld, Tom Savini comes back on board for one last ride. To finally put Jason down. To to bed. The final chapter. This is it, guys. This is the end. This (laughs) is the end of our podcast. No, I'm just kidding. They ended up making eight more. Right. Well, this is the the end of, like, human Jason. That's true. Final chapter. Then we have... Sorry, but... You hear a mouthful. We're enjoying some delicious fucking cookies. Mm, Jesse, your girlfriend's cookies. (laughs) So if you want to be a guest on this podcast, there are some perks. Oh, yeah. Donuts, coffee, beer. John's enjoying his beer right now. Sean is enjoying enjoying his beer. I'm enjoying water. Brian is enjoying nothing, you motherfucker. Toby Hooper! What's up? You want cuss? Part four has some of the most memorable characters in the franchise. The final motherfucking chapter, son. We already started the final chapter. I know, but I'm fucking. I wanted to reiterate that we're on. He's catching up. He was because you're wearing that fucking Ruben Stuttered leather jacket, motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) My thing about Friday Fifty Part Four, I fucking love it. Obviously, I have the goddamn tattoo on me. Which that's the first time I've ever seen that, John. We've been friends for years. Well, dude, how often do you go like this? (laughs) Look at the inside (laughs) of my arm. Well, be more German, fuck. I guess so, man. Uh, why does Jason kind of fangs in part four? What is it? Fangs? Yeah, he has like a snaggle tooth fucking sticking out of the bottom of his mouth. Well, he got roughed up in the barn. Some shit happened. Ali fucking, fucking took him out. Old Nick Savage fucking... <laughs> got that motherfucker with a chain! Um, Quit putting chapstick on and talk, fuck. Sorry, my lips are dried out. I think each makeup artist didn't really. There wasn't continuity to the way Jason looked. They all had their own interpretation of like. Savini's being the best. Well. Yeah, Savini's being the best. My favorite up to that point, and my favorite. In general. No, well, there's another one that I like almost just as much, but we'll get to that later. Okay. But obviously, Savini comes back on board to put fucking old Jason down once and for all. Hence, the final chapter. But they couldn't leave well enough alone, and we got more. Thankfully, Joe. But Joe Zito directed, and he had experience with Savini. Prior to that, he directed The Prowler, another eighty slasher film. I think that was pre-final chapter, isn't it? Like early eighties or something. Yeah. yeah. So. Savini did the special effects for that too, so they had a relationship. Zito jumps in the director's chair and There's some makes probably the greatest, you know, arguably the greatest sequel. I, I prefer two, but most people with four. Yeah, I mean, four is obviously a fan favorite. Everything from 
the you know the memorable knife in Jason's eye. Right. I uh, just I I think what kills it for me is that they're so to me unlikable those characters in that film. unlikable so unlikable. You You've got Chris the de- you got the dead fuck. Who's oh Crispin Glover is definitely the most unlikable. Well, then uh, you got those really? twins. Yeah, those twins are super oh, that's unlikable. Oh, dead fucks. I know. Well, no, it's because he reminds me of you yourself, you. Dan Clausen. <laughs> Dan, you just got blown up on the podcast. The fucking top listener just got called the you fuck out. You can't say he's a dead fuck just because Ted's. He actually does remind me a lot of Dan. I After wonder if Crispin Glover with Tina, she says it was good. So yeah, everybody in that everybody in that film is a horrible some human sick being. Ass moves in that movie. Yeah, everyone's just... a horrible human being in that movie. Who who's likable other than Corey Feldman and his sister? Uh, Rob, who's getting. He's killing me! I love that. I love that. That was frightening me as a kid. I just got fucking startled by that. I didn't expect that. The guy actually had to stay, he's killing me. (laughs) I remember that freaking me out when I was a kid. Like, this motherfucker's got to say, he's killing me. Like, because well, I feel like that's what I would say if I was getting killed by Jason. He's killing me. That's what I would say to you. I don't know. When I panic, I just say exactly. He's killing me. Like right before I have a seizure, I'm like, I'm gonna have a seizure. I'm gonna you say know, it right now. Right before I die. Uh, Eric Anderson that. as Rob, most likable character in the whole franchise. Most heroic too. He died with his fucking boots on. I think a lot of people died with their boots and/or shoes on. Well, I'm just. It's. I did I'm, really like. Feld's character because I believe right all those masks that Feld's character Tommy Jarvis was creating Savini created all those masks those were all yeah. his like yeah. his props and stuff so I, I always thought that, that was, that was another cool. cool that was another cool aspect of the film is having him see like seeing that like Tommy Jarvis young Tommy Jarvis played by the iconic iconic Corey Feldman Feldman is uh, revered and respected in this household as he should be in every um, agreed and goddamn legend and he uh i love that you they kind of touched on him being a fan of like masks and he's obviously like a horror fan like i love that they kind of broke into that because i remember seeing all his shit when he had the fucking little hand that he reaches around rob's neck (laughs) like like, i and like the fucking the fucking the one mask with the fucking horns it looks like one of the little demonoid fucking things from the gate um yeah. It's amazing. I remember watching that and being like, I want fucking masks. I'm a fucking, I'm a fan of like these movies. I want fucking weird masks like that. Uh, so that was always a cool aspect to Tommy Jarvis uh, as well. Obviously, the only character I think that appeared, you know, character, the Tommy Jarvis character appearing in three of the films, films yeah. more than anybody. Yeah, Mike he was Rack. sort of the the Danielle Harris of the you know the Friday the Thirteenth yeah, franchise, right. the Jamie Lloyd of the Friday the Thirteenth franchise. But there was a what was it? three different actors. There's, played there him, was right? some uh, yeah yeah. You have and my guy from Return of the Living Dead there, Tom Matthews, Tom yeah, Matthews, part six. in Part Six, and uh, I that other fuck John guy Sh- that sucked, John Shepard, who I did not think sucked at all. I thought he gave a great performance. I thought he was great too. Fucking, he was legit body slamming motherfuckers through tables though because he was pissed. well compared to Tom Matthews. You suck. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Um, but there was some controversy with Joe Zito about him keeping uh, that one hot chick in the in the, the lake too yeah, much, right? Her name escapes me. 
She still comes Aronson is her last name? Yes, she was played Samantha. Yeah. Judy Aronson. You're talking about like the rap scene? Yeah. Yeah, he was keeping so her, he, it was fucking yeah, freezing out there. He kept there. her in there yeah. for so long and like she was fucking One of her nipples got so hard it apparently punctured the boat and it began to sink. <laughs> no, that's not true. That's... Well, fucking Ted White came to her rescue, who played Jason, Ted White. Who's still alive, by the way, and has gotta be a hundred years old. I don't know. He's pretty fucking old. I fucking love Ted White too, and he is my favorite. No, he's not. C.J. Graham's your favorite, Jason. No, Don't no, lie. no, he's not. No, he's not. I think... All I... right, Derek Mears. <laughs> <laughs> Derek Mears is a nice guy, though. He is a good guy. Um, I think it's probably... I mean, it's hard not to say Kane, but Ted White is definitely close second if he's not number he's one. Got, he's got to be the... At this point... That he, like... Okay. He's the oldest, right? Richard, of any of like, the Jasons. Steve Dash or... Warrington Gillette yeah. in, in fucking six two. seconds of the film. Yeah. Um, <laughs> either one of those two and Richard Brooker, they were good, but they weren't menacing. They didn't create the character the way I think Ted White did. And it's a shame Ted White was already 175 and he couldn't make more of the films. I know. Uh, they had to because fucking he was wheel so, him out in a wheelchair He was so tapes. good and he was so fucking menacing. But anyway, I yes. disagree, though, with that sentiment because when Richard Brooker was running in part three, when he was running it, That people, wasn't menacing. That no. was scary. Eh. I thought it was scary, too. Thank okay, you. well, fuck. Um, but anyway, you're right. He was a great Jason. Yeah. I think every Jason was great. Oh, it brought something please. different. Each one of them yeah. brought something different. But jo- no, what I was saying that. about Joe Zito, obviously, he keeps uh, uh, Samantha... Aronson, whatever her last name is, uh, keeps her in the raft for so long. She ended up having hypothermia. But Ted White came to her rescue and said, "Listen, if you don't, I'll fucking walk off this set right now if you don't get that girl out of the water, dickweed." And and they're like, and we cannot possibly make this movie without a, a, a nameless, faceless nobody like you, Ted White. So we will definitely cave to your demands. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. But either way, uh. But yeah, I mean, obviously, some of the most uh, memorable scenes. Obviously, growing up, this is the first. This is the first Friday the Thirteenth that I that I saw was the final chapter, uh, and I think it was okay. One of the best, the best kill. I'm saying it right now, and there's a lot of great kills in this in the entire franchise. In this this movie, okay, the final chapter. My favorite though, which I believe is the first kill, the hitchhiker. With the banana? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. That was so symbolic. Like, I don't know if it was symbolic of anything, but it just reminded me so much of... I think it's supposed to be like a, a phallic sort of... Uh, oh, shit. Mm, um, more cookies. Um, I, I love it. I don't know what it was actually... It looked like fellatio to me. I don't know. I just... It's a new, uh, it's well, a new extension. I'm, we're getting lost here, but... Um, I'm talking I just, about the hitchhiker. I know, but I just remembered it just being funny that she's like, when they drove by, <laughs> what they fucking actually say to her, I can't remember. <laughs> hey, honey, want to lift? Because she fucking flips her side and says, fuck you. Yeah. Once she looked like hilarious, she looked like just like an ex-hippie or whatever, but I love that he killed her, and I just remember any time I ate a banana when I was younger... I didn't think about cryptics. I actually thought about just that that scene. Like, it always made me think of that scene where she squoze the banana. Wait, squoze isn't the past tense of squeeze, is it? Squoze? <laughs> I, I, I squeezed, I It think. should be. Doesn't, but that's like hanging. He hanged himself. Doesn't he hung himself sound better? Wait. Hung's not actually the past tense. Hung is not? 
Hung is not. Man. William Hung is not. <laughs> I, I don't know. Squeezed or, or squoze? Sque- it's squeezed. Squoze is, is, is... Doth squoze. Doth squoze the banana. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, I do love that kill. I think that's my favorite. Brian, favorite kill. Final chapter. Go. Doug in the shower. Crush. <laughs> that is a fucking great scene. That, the cast, even though they're all relatively... They're not relatively unknown. They are unknown. They're all fuck a bunch of nobodies. But it's great because I feel like everyone in there is super entertaining. Like, you dropped your bar of soap? <laughs> like that. Like, just like very comedic in the delivery of like a lot of things. And the kid that played... Uh, who's the counterpart? Oh, yeah. Teddy. Teddy. Teddy Bear. Um... Who fucking is calling Dan Clawson a dead fuck? Uh, <laughs> Dan Clawson just got ripped for the second time on the podcast. <laughs> number one listener. This is the kind of respect you get, Dan, for being the number one listener of the podcast. <laughs> you get shit on. Most shout out. I don't think it's a bad thing. No. I love Jimmy and I love Dan Clawson. Yeah. But, uh. Who the fuck's Jimmy? Fav- Crispin Glover. Oh, okay. Favorite kill. Brian, what'd you say? Pussy. Doug. Doug. Sean, favorite the kill. Final shower. chapter. Jason's death is fucking cool. Oh, yeah. Oh, Chong! Fucking whipping out Jason's death as the favorite kill. <laughs> yeah, that was unheard of. of. Actually, I forgot to tell you, my favorite kill in the first one is Pamela Voorhees getting beheaded. Did I oh, say yeah. that? Mine too. Fuck yeah. High five, Ruben. Um, yeah. Can't top that. His face fucking sliding on right. the machete. Great. <laughs> and Tommy Jarvis is screaming die the whole time. Yes, he is. Yeah, when with his it, with Feldman with it with, with his with his bald cap on because they're like, hey Feld, remember in the biography he says it, his mom's like, we're not shaving your head because he, this could derail your career or whatnot. I remember he had these fanatic parents <laughs> for fucking so six months. They put a bald cap on him yeah. and, and Savini rigged something it looked up. Good, like, though. The, yeah, it looked yeah. especially for his old for you know being a eighty four. What 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 these films suffer from now, in my opinion, is speaking of Dan Clawson, is having uh, <laughs> these high-def transfers of films that were never intended to be seen yeah. in such high-def with such clarity. They're supposed to be dark and in in, in murky to a certain degree. It was supposed to cover up the imperfections. Now when you watch something like that in, in, in high-def, you're like, hey, I can see the line from the bald cap, you know? Yeah, it's, which is funny you brought that up because like, wasn't like the VHS tape for the first movie like super dark? Like You didn't even know like they were around a campfire? Yeah, it's <laughs> some of those films, you watch it, when Pamela comes into the cabin in the first one, it's like some of the it's so dark the more you played those VHS tapes the shittier the quality got so which movie came out first was it Friday the 13th part 4 or the Goonies Goonies was 85 and 84 was um, was Friday the 13th and he actually looks like he did a lot of growing up in that year because he looks a lot smaller Feld in in Friday the 13th part 4 than he does his mouth in the Goonies I feel like in that year yeah he looks like wicked old well you gotta think that was probably filmed early Eight, late 83 but I believe that's 84. why he couldn't reprise the role if I'm not mistaken that's why he only has a brief cameo in part 5 was because he was shooting the Goonies which you could see how much how older he, how much older he was just in that time frame yeah but um, had he had that that fifth film revolved around Feldman like originally planned I think it could have gone in a different direction but uh, I mean uh, it wasn't meant to be so I mean, so they go with Candy Bar Boy instead. So, and this is, like I said, this is probably the most, the you know, the the knife through his mask eye hole, 
that's probably one of the most memorable or the more iconic movie posters besides the original that you see yeah. often. Yeah. For sure. There's a, they're definitely, that franchise to me is known for their really awesome movie posters. I love the, the recalled one from part eight with the I Love New York where he's coming through. Why was that recalled? Because they didn't want to scare people into thinking that Jason was actually in New York? No, I think the, the Department of Tourism for New York State thought it was deterring. Well, because that, that, that was the, their, their actual pat that I love, yes. that I love New York was their was theirs that was patented you know that was copyrighted by them and friday the 13th just stole it and, and turned it into that and and so they were called it and well then, even back then you probably didn't think someone's gonna fucking sue you for that i guess but i guess they must have got a cease and desist letter which is funny because you can find that poster anywhere now which is great yeah no, i know actually that. i have that poster i love I, it i love the other artwork for it too where he's kind of like looking over the city that's amazing yeah, that's, that, that's some of the amazing that was we're the gonna vhs get, artwork yeah, yeah we're gonna get into that in a second but any final thoughts for the final chapter? Uh, Nothing? We're all fucking blank? Oh, I was confused because John's like signaling shit. He, he wants the fan out. You want the fan out? Yeah. Yeah, I'll go get the portable one. Okay. Talk, um, final thoughts on the final chapter, and I'll be back in a brief moment. <laughs> final chapter, favorite Human Jason uh, sequel. Kimberly Beck was a great final girl, I thought. Is that what her name was? Kimberly Beck as... Trish. As Trish? Yeah. Yeah, I thought she was fine, but she definitely took a backseat to Corey Feldman, her little brother. You know, he stole the show. Her, him and Dead... yeah, I just mean... Him and Limp Dick, Dead Dick, Dead Fuck, I mean. Those two stole the show. So then he transitioned into part five. Jason... Part five. Absent. Jason, absent as... And right for this, least favorite Friday Thirteenth movie. Why though? It shouldn't be. I just don't like is it. Is that including? Uh, wait, like, is that including the remake? What the? the what? How's that even a pause question? No, the remake's pretty good. Come on. Is that including the first fifteen Jason minutes X? are phenomenal, but after that, I, it's all. Fine. I find more enjoyment in Jason X than I do with Part Five. Okay, well, he took it to a different level. I wasn't gonna go that far. Wait, what'd you say? He said he enjoys Jason X more than Part Five. What? Yeah. Dude. Okay, part five I think is is perfectly fine, but it's definitely the most hated of the. Eh, I think that and probably Jason X are probably the most hated of the of the entire franchise. Although I can you give people, me a beer? Yes, absolutely. I do. So I'm gonna say this right now. About you ask. Yeah. John, is it okay of BT to have your luscious beer? <laughs> you already told me I could have one. I'm just I'm kidding, you slut. So. Okay. In 1985, I gotta bring this up because it's important to bring up. I think 1985 was also the re- the release of Return of the Living Dead, which also two cast members from Return of the Living Dead appear in Friday the Thirteenth Part Five. We got no towels. Nunez, uh, Miguel Nunez, and Mark Venturini, who passed away, I think, in the mid 90s due to leukemia. Um, R.I.P. Uh, great actor. So the beginning of the film starts off. The beginning of the film... Oh, you can't twist these off? No. No, if you could, I would have done it. If you could, I... Bye, 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 bye. Chalk open that up. No, the beginning of this film starts in the... (laughs) It starts in the the crazy camp. The house for fucking nut jobs. It's like a misfit. It's like a juvenile detention home almost. Yeah. Didn't a porn director direct part five? 
He did. Danny Steinman. Oh, yeah. He was a dirty motherfucker. He also directed Savage Streets, right? Oh, that, that explains same, a lot. That was the same guy. Wait, he movie. definitely had influence on having, like, like okay, so... Part yeah, he, four, was a, he was a hardcore porn director. Part four, obviously, there was nudity. Okay. But, I mean, part five, it was like... He definitely 100% cast Debbie Sue Voorhees for one reason and had her in that one scene for one reason. But oh, he was he, also... He was a dirty bird. No oh, doubt. yeah. <laughs> dirty bird. Uh, he is definitely a dirty bird. He's dead as shit now, though. Listen. He is. And that was the one guy we didn't throw an R.I.P. at. But, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Jerry Steinman, R.I.P., you dirty fucking bird. <laughs> But I love part five. I love it too. It's trash, and I love it for it. And it it's not trash. It's it's. But I mean, trash. it's trash. It's trashy. There's you gotta say it's trashy, then not say it's trash. Yeah, well, I trash. said it's. That's trash. like saying something. Listen the to shit me. And calling it it's shitty. It's not trash. I don't I, think. It's, okay, I love it. I just meant it's trashy, okay. and I apologize for wording it the way that I did. I'm okay. sorry if I said something that that offended you. Danny Steinman <laughs> is rolling in his grave because BT had a negative word to say about it. I that. love Part 5, and I love Savage Streets. Part 5 we know has one of my favorite characters you of all 50 time. 50 bucks to see Linda. The kid that I identified with as a kid, Reggie the Just Reckless. forget it, Vic, that kid, Dominic. Reggie the Reckless. Oh, why do you why do you relate to Reggie the Reckless the most? That's so random. Because you know why? I although Reggie. Brian's Instagram name is Brian the Reckless, you can find him on Instagram. Brian with an I. Brian with Brian the Reckless, <laughs> and yeah, listen, like I can just relate to Reggie because. Did you have a, a I'm buddy? not afraid of anything. I'm not afraid of spiders. I'm not afraid of rubber spiders. Are you afraid of his brother but, spider? If Jason showed up, I would probably scream like a girl. <laughs> but I would probably turn around and surprise everybody and, and hit him with a tractor. Who was the uh, fat fuck that was in the candy bar? <laughs> that, was, that was Dominic. That was right? Dominic. He freaking dated Ham, or he tried to date Ham. Wait, really? He's gay? Yeah, he fucked Ham. I didn't know that. Listen, it's if you've got these unsubstantiated claims, and you know what, do me? not bring Ham into this. Me Wait. Like, I fucking love... Well, I'll say this. We I all love Haim, and we revere him as much as we do Feldman. Yes. Actually, more. In my Reggie opinion. the Reckless and I both also have, like, really awesome older brothers. Eric Tyler, Demon, practically the same person. But did you get when I said you're not afraid of... Tyler in? Yeah, soon. So, uh, when I said even his brother Spider, and you're not afraid of spiders... That's because Miguel Nunez is his brother, and his name was Spider in the same year in Return of Living Dead. Oh! You need to get that, that little nugget. You're sucking back on some goddamn Oktoberfest. Oktoberfest. Thanks. But anyway, part five. It's Tons fun. of colorful characters. Yes, I think part five is underrated because Jason isn't in it. Because he's not the killer, it was a cool way to twist. It is the Halloween three. Of the Friday Thirteenth franchise, but it, and sure. I don't, it does no. continue on from the previous. Yes, ones. it does. So I don't know. Uh, you guys have, have watched the docs on this. The girl, the real colorful girl with, you know the the outfit that's dancing in her bedroom at the at that house. Violet. 
<laughs> you know who I'm talking about? Yeah, Violet, played by Tiffany Elms. She does the awesome robot. Okay, but isn't she, she the daughter the, of somebody? Yeah, she's the daughter of the mother in Dream Warriors, right? Yes, yes. it is. That's what it is. Yeah! See, I knew there was some sort of parallel, but I, yes. I forgot what she's it was. She's played by Brooke Bundy, Brooke Bundy who is yeah. a great actress. Yeah, and... yeah. Okay, that's it. So, um, like but I... But what about the, what about wait, the let's whole talk... plot of the film? It's brilliant. An impersonator. That might have been the first... Was that the first one to go down that road? The well, Hepburn, it's a copycat be, yeah. killer. It's got to be. The fact that a new beginning takes place in between the final chapter and Jason lives. It's Jason's death had some weight in the series because he was actually dead for a whole movie. Yeah, but so it let's really talk. Did. We got to talk about the beginning of the film, though. Okay. What I think it's the best scene in the film is when Joey Dominic. A.K.A. Diddler of Haim. <laughs> R.I.P. Corey Haim, because I fucking love Corey Haim. Corey Haim Me too. and Corey Feldman are revered and respected in this household. I'll Fuck say you, Brasnutzia. But either way, uh, listen, that kill is so great. If I could relate to any character in the history of the franchise... It's the fuck. It's Vic. It's fucking Mark Venturini's character who's just trying to fucking get some aggression out and chop some fucking wood. And he's got Joey saying, "Hey Vic, hey Vic, do you want a candy bar, Vic?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> he, I mean, he offered him a candy bar. Okay, well, he's obviously pissed off and fucking hates the world, and he's trying to be punk as fuck and chop wood. And you're trying to come over here with your goddamn chocolate all over so your you face. So you take get the, the candy bar and you're like, "Get the fuck out of here." Yeah, you fat fuck. You know, it was all melted, wasn't it? Fucking kill him. Yeah, but guess what? He told him, he goes, Leave me alone! And tr- wanted him to fucking be done with it, but he's just like, Just forget it, Vic. Just forget it. Okay, well, you want to talk shit? You're going to get axed to the back, motherfucker. All right, fuck yeah, you. yeah, you're right. I'm he yeah, he was a fucking loudmouth piece of shit. He got what he deserved. Anyway, moving on. Great scene. R.I.P. Mark Venturini. Amazing as suicide in Return of the Living Dead. He's the fucking costume. Absolutely. That, yeah. That's that's another um, episode of this podcast in and of itself. Oh, One of our sure. all-time favorites. Tomorrow we're meeting Clue Gulliger. Clue. Uh, so, again, obviously, part five, not as revered as the rest of the sequels. But, you know, in recent years, and I think... I want to even say that you told... You kind of... Years ago, you Brian, you told me you go revisit it. Because I kind of had the same feelings about it, too. I was just like, eh, it's that one. But you kind of turned me on to saying, hey, revisit it. It's fucking good. What's that look for? And revisiting it, I do fucking love it now. And it's definitely not my least favorite in the franchise. I'm glad I made a difference in your life. You did. Now listen, you big dildo. <laughs> I want to know why you hate Part 5 so much. How do I just rub you the wrong way? Like, I just don't like it. Sean, I know you got a Friday the 13th Part 5 shirt. Bright rags. Yes. Well, I can't talk about that shirt because I don't want shit talk people on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that shirt's MIA. I will say Melanie Kinneman, who plays Pam. You can't speak up or you can fucking go Her silent. Her tits are showing that entire last 20 minutes. Did you ever notice that? I guess not. Oh, She's wow. Like, yeah, I guess like, so. In the rain, with white t shirt, no bra underneath, huge boobs. There's 
It's like two Tits. raccoons in Not the as bag. big as Debbie Sue Voorhees. She was giving herself black eyes when but she jumped what? rope, I'll tell you that. She's not a great screamer, I'll tell you that. Did anyone notice how bad her screaming is? And I'm sorry, Melanie, you're a beautiful woman. You're probably never going to listen to this podcast anyway. And I like you. But they should have dubbed your screams. <laughs> That's not your fault. Oh, my God. So, I mean... What, what else can we touch on in part George. five? Favorite kill. Favorite kill? Mine's obviously Joey, as done by Vic. Don't look at me. I don't remember this one much. Oh, well, I think you should have rewatched all of them before you did the podcast, Sean. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I got a full-time job. Don't have time. Okay, you know what I like? It's very creative. Is when, what's his name? Tina. Eddie. When Eddie... Stands against the tree after finding and then Tina's the thing body, on his eyes. and the leather strap yeah. around his yeah, eyes. Yeah, that's a great one. Yeah, it's such a creative kill. Yeah. Ooh, baby, ooh, baby. Say what you want about part five, but <laughs> add some of the most creative kills. Yeah, no, well, that, one at least that I can I think of right now. Just, just listening to Alia has made me respect it more. Well, how great is Miguel Nunez's? character of demon you're gonna get it bitch like <laughs> like his whole character is amazing has amazing lines he's just talking about like eating enchiladas and his fucking asshole is gonna drop out he's singing in the fucking john it's all exactly like how eric talks to jen <laughs> and <that's> <laughs> reggie demon and tina are basically me eric and jen that's how i see it anyway Oh yeah, but I forgot to say that final chapter was made for two point six million. It made thirty two nine, so almost thirty three million. So that one did fucking awesome. Pseudo Echo, his eyes, great song. And then uh, part five made for slightly less, two point two, and made twenty one. I think, and that is so, a direct, uh, a, a direct re- repercussion of the fact that. They but think about the old, that. it was a, a copycat. Right. I think audiences Ooh. were pissed off. Well, fucking Jason's not in it. The same way they were pissed off with Halloween 3. Probably made four times their money in the opening weekend. Made $8 million off 2.2. So they already made fucking... They're making mad bank off it. It's the fact they even pulled in almost $22 million off a friggin' $2.2 million yeah, movie is no, amazing. For sure. Can everyone recall how they felt... Or the first time they watched it, finding out <laughs> Roy's the killer and how they felt about it at the time? I don't think it affected me too much. I was just kind of bummed that, like... Because I remember I'd watch, like, parts of it, and I'd uh, never finish it, and I never really... I don't think until I was, like, maybe, like, 10 or 12 realized that, oh, shit, Jason's not actually the color in this one. Yeah. I would just watch, like, bits and pieces of it, like, throughout, like, watching it late at night and falling asleep and not making it to the end, and then realizing that Jason wasn't the killer. Uh... I guess then it pissed me off, and I, and I kind of blackballed the movie in a sense until you, Brian, told me to kind of revisit it. And I love it now. Over the past like maybe fifteen years, I love it more than I ever have. But uh, yeah, I mean, at the time, obviously, you want Jason to be such a part of it, and at that point, you'd already seen him so much, and he's the most integral character. I thought John Shepard did do an awesome job. Oh yeah, as, yeah. I, as Tommy Jarvis, I think I did think he was sick, um, but it didn't affect me too much. In high overall, I, I mean, honestly, my first impression when, when they had the big reveal 
sometimes my short-term memory is terrible. The first time I watched it, when they revealed, I was like, who the fuck is that guy? Yeah, it's like, I didn't even put the pieces together. That's exactly what happened to me. I think I knew going into that, into it, that it would be, like, a mystery, and Jason wouldn't be the killer this time. But once Roy was real, I'm like, who the fuck is... There's, like, 85 characters in this movie. <laughs> it, for real. They had to spoon-feed it to me, because then don't they flash back to, like, the beginning, the paramedic scene or whatnot? No, well, they don't even flash back oh, they to don't? It, But they do show... He has a picture of himself uh, in his wallet for some reason. Yeah. That so was, they show doesn't everybody? Wait, you don't care? Yeah. One? <laughs> uh, for part five, in junior high, you actually warned me that it wasn't Jason before we watched it. Oh, I started those? Yeah. Cause remember, cause Fucking we, spoiler alert. Yeah, because BT. Because, like, you know, us growing up, we were like, oh, let's do a Friday the 13th marathon on Friday the 13th. And yeah. we got to, like, part five. We're like, well, just heads up, Jason's not in this. So I'm like, well, no, fuck this. I'm not going to watch this one. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a dude in a, it's a big dude in a hockey mask. And he's killing people in creative ways. Who really cares if it's Jason? Well, remember, Did like, he actually, um, he, Dick Whelan, or I think it's the character, uh, the, the paramedic, did he actually play Jason in the film though or was that a was that a stunt double? They actually had a different um Hawk a different actor name. playing Jason in like in Tommy's hallucinations. Right? Yeah, that was and, I think that guy's name's Hawk. And I like how they did it because Roy's mask is different. It has blue lines instead of red. Uh-huh. I wish I do like too. So I like the look of that. They the actually set him nice. apart a little bit and I think that was really cool. But yeah. but other than that, Dick Wayland that the the paramedic did play Jason throughout the film like the mass jason that i don't know for sure that's interesting i, I don't know but we've said way more about part five than we even did about part four so maybe it's... i think it's it's because it's one of the least talked about it's, yeah it's, like that's a, it's true, the black sheep of the franchise it i really feel like is. four has been talked about to nauseum and, and so, so part a lot of five, part five not so much we will talk to you like you're a person we love you part five what is um what's the dude say that when he's doing the coke in the car I know she shows her tits and is like, it's showtime! But what's the dude say when he's just, like, doing coke in the car? He says a fucking hilarious line. It's like a joke, it. like, uh... Oh, wait, wait what the fuck? update, like... Oh, yeah. <laughs> s- snow flurries. Yeah. <laughs> up your nose. You can do the accent better than I can. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're talking about the noise. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wasn't there? Did somebody die via flare in that film? Yes, because that, that was, was really my, good one. that was my favorite kill in that film. I was, yeah, I was, was trying great. to think was that the scene, but yeah, with the flare, that was great. There was great kills. Probably some of the best kills in the whole franchise are in five. Yeah, arguably. I actually think that that right there was Jason's best death. Like I just loved it, where it's like impaled and then it's raining and the demasking. The fucking you know, the Scooby Doo ending. Yeah. Exactly, I loved it. Part 5 is probably one of the most fast-paced, because there's literally, like, a death scene every other scene. And when there's not a death scene, there's a jump scare. And when we don't have either of those, like, there's just some character... You have, like, Ethel or Reggie or Demon or some kind of... Was there a death scene with a fucking horn? With a horn. Like a party Yeah, like a party. That's part 7. Okay. We'll get there. On to 6, Jesse. Uh, one of my favorite entries in the entire franchise is Friday 13th Part 6, Jason Lives. It's an awesome, awesome entry. For sure. And something something we can all agree on is the soundtrack. Having two awesome Alice Cooper songs from Constrictor, both Teenage Frankenstein and He's Back. And Hard Rock Summer. And Hard Rock Summer. Three. 
And going, you're right, Brian. And going back to what uh, Dan said in the previous podcast, how like rock and roll music or punk music and horror movies go together like fucking peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Yeah, yeah. It's so... The fucking... The cramps to the fucking Return of the Living Dead. Yeah. Uh, Alice Cooper with Part 6. Yeah. Check out Inked Up Merch. Uh... My uh, friend Dan runs uh, Inked Up Merch. Awesome fucking horror merch. They just put out uh, our Escape from New York all embroidered hoodie. Fucking sick. Check them out at. Uh, look, I'm plugging. I'm plugging people's shit because I know. I just like support. Uh, he's got plenty of Friday the 13th merch too. Yeah, he's got some cool stuff. Yeah, good. But merch. yeah, he's at Inked Up Merch on Instagram or Inked Up Merchandise at Instagram and then Inked Up Merch on Twitter. Check them out. Awesome fucking stuff. Anyway, part six. I think. I'll say this. I think Jason has the best look in part six. I just love that, like, that green, well, uh, and he just looks imposing, man. Well, because C.J. Graham's chiseled like a brick shit house. <laughs> He's st- to this day. Or a shit brick house. He's a brick a- shit house. Shit brick house. <laughs> not a brick, shit, not brick. a shit brick house, homie. That don't make sense. But yes. But to this day, he's and I think he runs a gym out in California. Yeah. He he's he does something in the fitness industry, but he is ripped, and I just love the look he has. Yeah. You now he has those leather, those yellow leather gloves, yeah. and he's yeah. got the freaking green button up. It's almost shirt. like he got a slight revamp. Yeah, yeah he fucking sure. robbed a Kimes fucking. He fucking went to the great outdoor or the <laughs> I forget. He hit Bass Pro Shop. Bass, <laughs> Bass Pro, that's what I was trying to. I was thinking the great outdoors, but yeah, the fucking hit a Bass Pro Shop. Got those leather gloves. Tom Tom Matthews, awesome as fucking Tommy Jarvis. Again, one of the best uh, actors in the whole franchise. Brian, hit us with the the details. I was just gonna say, Part Six had that like meta, like self aware. Like poking fun of myself, yeah. humor, like the fucking ten years before a stream. What about the guys in the woods when they had it? Like, <laughs> there's so many in jokes in the movie and like horror movie references. And this is actually, I know we're you know we're gonna do top ten at the end of the podcast, but this is actually my favorite Friday Thirteenth movie. I love the entire franchise. Your very favorite? Yeah, that's awesome. Because I, like it's. You know, there's funny moments, you know, dark humor, you got fucking rock and roll music. And it was Alice Cooper's comeback album. Yeah. You know, it was his big comeback in the 80s. And, like, uh, that was just such a fun time for music, too. Obviously, the 80s are the golden age of so much. The fact that Alice Cooper had his comeback album with Constrictor. The fact that there was three, not two, as I thought. I forgot about uh, Hard Rock Summer. Um having three songs in it, having it just that aesthetic of, like, punkness, metalness, right. like, it was just, it was very, very, very fun. And then, uh, you, then you also had, like, that James Bond opening. Yeah, which is fucking great. Yeah. That's, uh, Brian, you gotta appreciate that, being show. a huge uh, Bond fan. Well, I wouldn't call myself a huge Bond fan, but I do think it's awesome. You own I the do. fucking expensive-ass <laughs> box set. How are you not a huge Bond fan? Yeah, but I also... Don't downplay... Your bondness. I love James Bond movies. Um, and I think it has some of the best characters of the franchise, too. All of the teenage characters I find entertaining. Yeah, uh, it's got a great, a great fucking cast. Tom Matthews obviously kills it. What a fucking year Tom Matthews had in 1985. He fucking, and Miguel Nunez, too, obviously fucking, they're both in Return of the Living Dead, but Tom Matthews coming out fucking hot out of the gates in fucking part six. Jason lives as Tommy Jarvis. He's in. He's as fucking Freddy in Return of the Living Dead. Like he's having hot. For some reason, people are just got their finger on the pulse of fucking 
I, his dick. I think <laughs> <laughs> I think that there was a huge step up in production value from really all the previous sequels, but particularly five into six. You, you figure probably one of the most expensive parts of movie making is having when particularly when you're shooting on location, you're not shooting on sets and you have so many different locations and that's why you think of like five. The vast majority of it took place right in that house. You know, four, right before that took place in that cabin. Three, right in that cabin in that barn. Yeah. You figure how many locations there were in in that sequel where they're at the jail and then they're at the cabin. Yeah, and they're, they're all over the place. They're at the cemetery. They're in the RV. Uh, to yeah. me, during the RV, and to me, that is what maintained my interest, and that's why I I enjoy watching that sequel because it's fresh. You know what I mean? They're not fucking. It's not stagnating in the same location. It's like no, they're all over the place. You know? Yeah. Uh, directed by Tom McLaughlin, McLaughlin. who did. Uh, didn't he direct Sometimes They Come Back? Or was that... Yes, he did. And he also did One Dark Night. What are you rocking? What are you doing? He's pulling a fucking Gremlins over here. Flashing his... And that's not the same Sorry. McLaughlin who directed um, Michael Ricker and... Uh, Mc... in, um McLolan? I don't even know how you... McLaughlin? What's that Michael Rooker movie where he's a serial killer? Henry? Henry? Henry. He, was that a different McLaughlin? I thought that was something McLaughlin, but... Sarah McLaughlin? No, he didn't. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was Sarah McLaughlin. But yes, uh, Tom McLaughlin. It's, okay. it's M-C-L-O-U-G-H-L-I-N. Yeah. McLaughlin? I don't know. Either way. The I, dude, I, ripped, I, it I, the, the dude said, ripped it in this movie. Anyway, he's got Loughlin, some... It's spelled like, you know, Laurie Laughlin. Oh, from Full House. Touche. He, he's... I like it. <laughs> I mean, he's got some directing chops for sure. He's oh, directed yeah, he's, some good films. I mean, sometimes they come back. Obviously, is fucking amazing. Red a fuck. I love that that opening shot of like the woods and the fog and like the moonlight, and you see like the dog chewing on shit, not literal shit stuff. Yeah, like stuff of some kind. You know what I'm talking about, though. It's like the most atmospheric shot in any of the sequels. Yeah, and he was going for that like old universal monster. Oh, he definitely was. Uh, And there's so many fucking like, and they're like the uppity business people who are like uh, playing the fucking like hunt, like capture the fucking nerd fucking game, whatever you want to call it. Um, That's funny because those kills are like hilarious. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm trying to think... Uh, Where the red light goes. Yeah, bang. Oh, my God. There's so many great, like, one-liners in there, too. Uh, and obviously, the fucking... What's the dude's name? The grave... The the cemetery keeper. I don't know his name, but I remember, like, the scene was like, what, you think I have a you, whole fart? No, he's just like, you think I'm a fart head? And like, then the fucking scene cuts. It's like a bunch of kids like, yes! Yeah. <laughs> uh, that is a Kurt, uh, Cork hilarious that there's a guy named court with a curly haired mullet amazing kill favorite kill in the whole movie what is that the sleeping bag no that's, that's part, part seven. seven. Oh, i'm jumping the gun yeah, now, I love now that. you're starting to get lost i love that no uh that one no uh court is the curly haired mulleted mully curly mulleted headed ripped uh, jeans ripped super ripped jeans like worse than wayne campbell uh <laughs> ripped jeans who's trying to like 
teach the kids like what the good like boy scout shit and he's oh, just like yeah. oh yeah you put the rocks in the fucking thing <laughs> yeah, and yeah, like yeah yeah so that's pretty much like, like making shit up yeah <laughs> i love that and then the son comes it's, over and knocks him over so that he's already here and uh squire's wife or whatever yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fucking amazing character but best kill knife in the head with teenage frankenstein ringing out and the fucking rv flips amazing my, I like, and what an inconsiderate the, prick court was. The girl's trying to friggin' finish, and he just the as soon as the lights go out, he friggin' he friggin' it, eh, he's done. <laughs> what a dick! Yeah, she's like, keep on going to the song ends. <laughs> well, it's a ten minute song. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> Listen, fucking Vita. So my favorite death might be, and it's in the same scene, is when Nikki like he like bashes her head through the mirror, and there's an imprint on the outside of the RV. Of her face. No, yeah, oh, yeah, that's great. Don't, yeah, don't let it get quiet, guys. You gotta keep... Moving. I know, I was thinking, shut up, fuck. But but I think that goes back to the production values. That's a... That can be... Once you start doing any sort of special effects, it's costly, you know? Well, this um, one was made for $3 kills. million and made less than any of the previous ones at $19 million. Really? But again, I think that that is a product of the fact that the previous one didn't have Jason in it. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously now it's revered as one of the best sequels in the franchise, mm-hmm. but even still then, you're, you know, you're making a film for $3 million, and it makes 19 You're making your fucking nut back. Yeah. Pl- plenty back. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, even though this one isn't as, wasn't as successful money-wise, they spent more money and they made less money, but still, that's still a killing. I yeah. mean, to, to make something for a couple million and then, you know, gross 19, that's still fucking And no great. pun intended, but they're keeping the franchise alive yeah. by pre- creating another successful sequel. And then it's all about, okay, what's going to come after this? What's the next one? Yeah, and uh, another cool kill is uh, sheriff the sheriff getting fucking um, bent in half. half. Yeah, bent in half like a fucking like a fucking card. <laughs> Freddy right. versus Jason ripped that off year, years oh. after the fact. And then another thing I, I like is like when he crushes up. the fucking deputy's fucking head, and like all the snots pouring out of it. So when the sheriff fucking gets knocked, gets his dick knocked in the dirt, he fucking turns over and sees like the fucking like green snot shit coming that out of his crushed head. Gross me out. Yeah. See, so many oh! so many iconic <laughs> moments in that film. The fucking one of the best parts. Is when fucking Horseshack is there with fucking Tom Matthews when they're fucking bringing him back to fucking life. Oh, in the cemetery. Yes, yeah. that's fucking great. That's the, the opening last, scene of the movie. So that? fucking good. No, we have to dig him up. I have to see. I need to make yeah. sure. And it's just like that. That resurrection scene is awesome. Where the like the bug, you know, the worm yeah, or whatever, the, the maggot, yeah. and then his eye pops open. Yeah, it's great. That's such an awesome way to bring. The Jason character back into the fold too, like, and then we were People talking. People had to have been like cheering. We were talking, you know, the James Bond opening where he fucking like walks. Jason walks onto the fucking screen and, and circles like, yeah. How fucking awesome is that? that so actually, good. you know, Oddly this adorable. this podcast is is given me a greater appreciation for six than I even realized I had. Yeah, it's great. I mean, it really is. I was disappointed that CJ didn't reprise the role in part seven, but everyone's on Kane's dicks. So. Everyone wanted to get a juggalo in there. So. <laughs> but uh, six really is <laughs> such a fucking blast. And uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, another scene that always made me uh, 
pumped was uh, the ending scene where Tom Matthews is obviously in the fucking Tommy Jarvis in the fucking boat. Like uh-huh. he's fucking creates the fucking the, the lake of fire. fire. Like mm-hmm. that's such a like. And then of course, Jason fucking gets brought down into the lake with the fucking like, yeah, which is great. Uh, really great cinematography. I feel like that murky water. The whole movie looks like, great. Yeah, it really does. It, it like looks Tom, amazing. It, it looks Garvis much called Jason fucking Megahead during that scene. Yeah, Megahead. Yeah. yeah. It, it definitely um, looks a lot bigger budgeted than. Yeah, three million. Part six. It's the only one in the series that actually takes place at a functioning camp while it's like while the kids are there. And yeah. Yeah, yeah you're right. Shot that there's a fucking the blonde hair little girl was like in her bed. Wasn't well, like Jason like walk by the window or some shit. Yeah, that's funny that you mentioned that because you're right. For a for a franchise that centers around summer camps, there's literally never any kids <laughs> <laughs> except for that film. It's yeah, so like, it's actually fun that this one that that's another thing that I always liked about this one was there was actual kids in, at the camp in this one yeah and it up the like stakes a, small... a little bit like it makes it creepier that Jason's actually oh yeah like definitely but of course he doesn't hurt him no, uh, he would never hurt a kid because he feels like he's one of them exactly so I mean obviously kind of touched on everything on part six we love it we, we revere it moving on Tom Matthews is hot. Think so? Still. Yeah, you guys gotta talk about the, the females you find attractive because now I'm starting to feel Okay, like the females are attractive? Then you are a pervert, though. Tommy Jarvis is fucking just love interest in part six. I find her gorgeous. You find her gorgeous? Yes. Who? <laughs> Who? The, the blonde-haired chick that he puts his face in her snatch when he's chewing <laughs> away from the guy. <laughs> I don't know. Sean, Sean just went Sean, right. Sean just... You opened the floodgates, Brian, because you pointed out that you felt weird that you were the only one mentioning your interests as far as attractions and Sean's like yeah the girl that fucking throws his head in her snatch we don't <laughs> condone Sean's behavior by the way I think Jennifer Cook who plays the girlfriend in part 6 it, she was one of the most fun final girls like one of the most spunky like great personality she was rebellious she'll like cheer you up fuck you dad <laughs> yeah well Fuck you, Dad. Not my dad. He's cool. But, no, and I also want to say that Sean's the only person past 1981 that's used the term snatch. (laughs) (laughs) Have you seen a Rob Zombie movie? Do they use the word snatch? Obviously. I'm pretty sure Ryan White has. That's kind of a... (laughs) Sean learned English from the Rob Zombie (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Holy shit. So, moving on to part seven. Jason versus Carrie. Don't ever... Fuck Carrie. Jesse hates Carrie. I don't hate Carrie. I just think it's you hate not it. great. But we're all. here to talk about Friday yes, the 13th <laughs> Part 7, The New Blood, which has my personal favorite poster of the sequels to Friday the 13th. I I can't even picture it. That is that. great. What is, what is it? Half it's her face, half the mask. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. Like a nice because in my head, all I'm thinking of is that awful... Uh, the DVD ver, you know, where they fucked all the artwork yeah. all up on the DVDs. Yeah, yeah. It's all lame. Which I don't know why you would do when you have such iconic, so original uh, art. Uh, actually, London, eighteen eighty eight, another cool company, um, released a couple Friday thirteenths ago, um, a New Blood shirt hoodie poster. Oh, really? Which I have in the front pocket of that zip up hoodie has his uh, Jason's face unmasked, which is obviously. 
very iconic in the film franchise, yeah. which I love, and it has him, you know, underwater and the fucking thing on the back. Awesome fucking thing. They make awesome stuff, too. Check them out. Uh, if you haven't heard of them, they're called London, London 1888. Anyway. Um, but, yeah, part, this is when they really introduced the more supernatural, more... I mean, obviously, it wasn't very believable that he's been, you know, hit with a fucking machete in the fucking shoulder. He's had his head fucking cut into with a machete by Feld Dog. And then he was decomposing in a grave. He was decomposing in a grave. So, obviously, we've entered supernatural, you know, the supernatural elements prior. He's the walking dead. All bets are off. But what I like... I'm sorry. Go, Ruben. I like that they brought something different into this one without Definitely. without like shitting on any of the old stuff because yeah. we all we have the classic Friday the Thirteenth elements that we all love, but we also have this telekinetic girl psychic. She's telekinetic and psychic, and it was it was an interesting like subplot. No, it definitely was. And I think she was the strongest uh, final girl since uh, since Jenny. Yeah, I mean, well, she had something to combat him with. She wasn't reliant on strictly, you know, humanistic... Uh, brute force. Yeah, brute force. She had telekinesis and that fucked was... with her and Bernie from Weekend at Bernie's, a.k.a. <laughs> Terry Kaiser. What a, what a dick he is in this movie. He is a friggin' a vicious dick suck. And what great hair Tina's mother has. I, I think that that's probably top... Right up there at the very top of that franchise for me. The new, hair? N- no, new. not the hair. <laughs> new, new blood. Oh, I agree. I Should we do top hairs in the franchise? I just think it's so well done. What's? It's one of my favorites, definitely. So I think, obviously, it's an introduction of Kane Hodder too, which a lot of people revere him as the Jason, which. He did bring something to the role that put him, I think, above other Jasons for a long time. I mean, but because he did three, four, what what was it? One, two, three, four straight films. Yeah. yeah. Um. He's obviously and considered was in talks for, I guess, for, you know, that that, that was the spec. Oh, Freddy versus Jason, and yeah. then they fucking Ronnie, you replaced him, but. I have to pee real quick, but the part seven talk is not going to finish before I come back. Cause I it may. Say it. No, you can go ahead. Uh, so, what are your thoughts on... Watch it. Don't be knocking shit over. No, he just threw his Dr. Pepper on the ground like Bowling. Tony Hooper on the set of Texas Chainsaw. Jesus. Bowling the goddamn Reuben Stuttered China shop. <laughs> Walking around with that freaking Reuben Stuttered leather jacket he's wearing. What is going on with that leather jacket? I don't know, man. <laughs> 8.30 at night, guys Christ. rocking a freaking leather jacket. Anyway, so what are your thoughts on Kane Hodder? Where does he sit as your favorite Jason? Incar- the incarnation of Jason, where does it sit? Honestly, I, I it's sacrilege to say it about anything negative to Friday the 13th fans about Kane Hodder, but I, I definitely, there's several other people that come to mind for me right off the bat that I prefer. Over Kane? Over Kane, yeah. John, what is, your, is, is Kane your favorite? Kane's my favorite. I love how you asked me that as I'm eating a cookie. Sean just fucking downed 13 cookies. <laughs> I'm trying to 13. But no, no, I like Kane out a lot. Maybe, I don't know, because I met him. It's the only Jason I've ever met before. Same here. Remember, like, we met him, what, yeah. 09? Yeah. Cincinnati. Remember he told me he was going to, like, fuck me up? Yeah. Because <laughs> I was, like, staring at his money, but I was, like, zoned yeah. out. <laughs> uh... <laughs> He's like... 
Yo, that's my livelihood. Don't be fucking staring at no, my money. No, it's funny because we're in line. I'm like zoned out, and I, you know, like I come back, and next, you know, he's like in my face. He's like, I don't care how big you are, I will fuck you up. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh shit, fucking Jason is going to kill me. While wearing a fucking frozen T-shirt, not the Disney movie. Where does Kane, Brian? Where does Kane Hodder sit for you as far as your favorite incarnations of the character Jason? Is he up there? Is he your number one? What's your deal? What is my deal? Is the question. Um, Kane Hodder is not my favorite. He's not my least favorite. I have trouble. not your favorite. Who is your favorite? I have trouble like ranking the Jasons. I'm gonna go with CJ Graham I, over here for me. I and you know what about CJ Graham did, and I mean no disrespect to Kane Hodder. Correct me. This is an actual question, not me trying to be a dick. Did Kane Hodder do anything different than what CJ Graham did? Because to me, it always seemed like CJ Graham like started. CJ Graham's actually physically like, more I- imposing than Kane. He's bigger he than like Kane. I think started the way in, that Jason was played. In my that, I in my opinion, I think CJ Graham did bring something that I think Kane ran with as far as how he portrayed him. Mm-hmm. So I agree with that. But at the same time, I feel like CJ Graham didn't have that same. He played it kind of like. Average speed. He wasn't really walking slow. He was kind of walking with like a, a fast pace, somewhat. Kane Hodder made it. You know, he created the on-running joke that Jason fucking walking slow as shit, and he's still gonna fucking catch you. But I think that also in, in, incorporates the 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 supernatural element. Yeah. Like he, you're running. Are you gonna make it? You look like you're fucking half dead right now. No, it's just I've got this cold. I'm sorry. Oh man, I didn't know you had a cold. I'm sorry. Calm down. I'm fine. Um, fuck you. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so I think, like, he brought, like, I don't know, the part in the movie that I think no one else... The reason Kane Hodder, I think, is my number one for Jason is because the scene where Lar Park Lincoln, Lincoln or who was it? What was the... Blair. Jason, what was his name? David Blair? Kevin Blair. Kevin Blair. I think David Blair's the fucking magic guy. Yes, that's David Blaine. <laughs> um, when when he gets his mask knocked off and he kind of looks at him and he takes that deep breath and goes, <sighs> like, pissed off. That's when I was like, that's something we've never seen before. We've never seen actual, with his mask off, able to, and not that you could really see Kane's fucking face, but the, fa- the fact that you could see him frustrated. They're like, these motherfuckers. While C.J. Graham was unmasked in the grave, and he did have some... Yeah, but you could see anything. Remember when we were talking about Ted White and how he had one of the best Jason looks? And then I was like, there's another one that I like almost just as much. It is this one. Definitely. I think he looked amazing. The makeup on his face in this one was incredible. John Carl Beekler. And when he... Yep, who directed that film. When she breaks his mask and he looks angry, that's like one of the most like. Wait, did Beekler do anything for special effects on that? Who did the special? I don't know if he did the special effects, but, but he, definitely that's where he, he definitely directed that film. I know yes. that. He directed the shit out of it. Yeah, he, he did. He did that uh, is... I know Buechler, uh, if I'm not mistaken, did the uh, designed uh, one of my other favorite horror sequels, um, the Dream Master, Nightmare on Elm Street. He yep. did. He designed the. 
the Andras pizza. He yep. did Linnea Quigley's Chest of Souls. He was the guy who uh, created those effects, so he's a he's a master. And didn't he fucking do like Troll and some yeah, other directed, random shit? He directed the first Troll. Yeah, he fucking did Troll and yeah, yeah. He's gonna be at Rock and Shock. He's gonna be in in Mass this weekend. He's there tonight. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, he's uh. I think he's underrated as far as what he brought to the franchise in New Blood. Uh, and I agree with Brian, as he said, uh, is fucking awesome uh, cover art for the movie. I love yeah. it. Uh, but like I said, there's uh, this one. Okay, we got to talk about Kevin Blair's Canadian tuxedo. Why is this <laughs> dude wearing a fucking Canadian tuxedo throughout the whole film? And I will say this, and I know it for a fact. I had jeans. And I fucking remember when I became fat enough, when I was like maybe nine or ten, to wear a fucking uh, wear whatever jean jacket was in my house. And I remember wearing that distinctly because that guy wore a fucking Canadian tuxedo. I don't. He looked so good in it. Though. <laughs> he like, did. He like, rocked he it like no other. It. And Jason never wears a hockey it. mask. Jason's Canadian. There it is. That's Is another, he Canadian? That's another subplot of this whole thing. <laughs> uh, getting back to Pamela, her Canadian husband. She met him <laughs> on, while vacationing up north on a ski trip. Her husband played for the Syracuse Crunch. Eh, there you go, man. <laughs> There's a whole backstory there. So, fucking Melissa is the biggest bitch in the series. That's her mom, right? No. Her mom is a sweetheart. Melissa is the bitch. She's the one, like, making fun of her the whole movie, trying to... Yes, and then she, she wants to get with uh, Nick. Nick doesn't want her. He wants Tina because she's, like, cute and innocent. What's and Laura Park's, uh... What's her actual character's name? Tina? Tina. Tina. Okay. Yeah, and then Tina, you, like, uses her powers to fucking, like, rip the necklace off her neck. Yeah, and wh- I, I know we were gonna get to this eventually anyway, but Melissa has my favorite death scene in the movie when she, she's like, you know what, fuck you guys, and then she turns around opens the door and Jason's right there. He, like, splits her head open with an axe and just tosses her across the Yeah, <laughs> which I love. Which you could definitely tell that it's just someone with a fucking wig on, though. Well, yeah, but I mean... Because they have the fucking the axe gimmick down her fucking head. But I love yeah, it. It's a great, great death. But, John... Yes. Your your favorite death scene in the movie is also awesome. So why don't you tell which me about that? Which, I, I was a little premature in mentioning it, was the sleeping bag. Death scene. Oh, of course. It's Which the most just, iconic, I think. And just, it's so simple. Yeah. It's so ingenious. If you're making that film, you literally don't even have to involve an actor in it, yeah. other than Kane. He just fucking takes a, throw something rigid in a sleeping bag and have him whack <laughs> it up against a tree. Yeah. It's awesome, you know? Um, yeah. Well, I, also- Bri- I think, was it Brian that always had this cool photo of Kane from that film? Yeah, on his wall, on his actually, wall in his basement room. Yeah, when he had like the circular yeah. blade thing. What do you call that? That was set. That was set. No, it wasn't a fuck. What kind of fucking weed whacker that does that? That is like I'm trying to think of the actual. It's name a buzz saw or some kind of. Saw. Yeah, it's like it's for whacking weeds, though. It is. Yes, it's for for like more what like over dramatic way to whack for weeds. fucking like sticked like for like stick uh, wooded shit you know what i mean well the way what sean's talking about it, i like was fucking picturing like whack the weeds down by the lake you know no, it's for like vines and shit you're you talking know the mean? jungle yeah well anyway jungle BT. saw well i'm gonna officially name it the jungle saw <laughs> <laughs> and we're gonna start a movie franchise called jungle saw <laughs> <laughs> well bt always had this cool photo i remember seeing down in his room of of that Kane Hodder. Oh, Jason with the drum. That Jason. And there is a Kane Hodder signed 8x10 
two heart god four you know i forgot that existed seven. because you talked me into like splitting the cost <laughs> and then i never saw it again oh it's yeah, actually funny about that uh Yesterday, I hung out with Becky. We actually found the picture of you two with Kane Hodder on MySpace. When he's squeezing our fucking heads off our shoulders. Which, which apparently do he any, doesn't do anymore can't do now. anymore like, because someone complained. We live, in a, we live in a society where everyone's liable for things. and, and Apparently he squoes... I mean, he does squoes uh, someone's <laughs> head too hard. And they got super paranoid because they were probably... Someone that just couldn't handle getting touched and Kane fucking spooked him. I don't know if it's when we met him or when Eric met him, but remember, like, the dude in front of us, like, Kane was, like, fucking shaking the poor kid. He's like, you ready? You fucking ready? Yeah, Kane Hodder literally manhandled this poor puss. Yeah, no, he he choked the shit out of me the very first time I met him. And I, <laughs> I fucking, I, I felt like I was going out. <laughs> well, that's good that you have that to remember by. I'm glad he actually incorporates that. You can get choked by Kane Hodder. Well, you could. Well, you could. You can't anymore. Everyone at this table at least got choked by Kane Hodder at one point. I know. We got to enjoy that while it was still a thing. That Mm -hmm. is some hot shit. So, the movie was made for $2.8 million, and it made $19 million. So, it seems like the running running shit is... the budgets are between two and three million, and they make around twenty, give or take. You two didn't say your favorite deaths from the movie. Favorite death, sleeping bag. I mean, come on. Yeah, do I forgot to say sleeping bag again. Okay, but can we talk about how there's like that awesome party horn in the eye? Yeah, yes. that one is good. Which you also prematurely mentioned. Sorry. And when he like squeezes that guy's head down to like nothing. Yeah. There's a lot of a lot of creative. Can, can we talk about like the too. Kane Hodder super fan from '09? We'll, we'll talk about that later. Okay. Um, Sorry. So, Jason takes Manhattan. Moving on. Jason takes a cruise. Friday 13th, part 8. Jason takes Sorry. Manhattan. Which we already talked about. <laughs> Amazing cover art. Oh, that's glorious. So good. At first, like, how far away the phone was, it looked like a dick. <laughs> the banana. We're watching the banana scene. Someone take away these fucking chapter. cookies because I keep eating them. They are delicious. Just, you know. All right, Jesse, yes, move on to the next one. Part 8, Friday the 13th, Part 8, Jason Takes Manhattan. So, opinions, thoughts, both cover, both, both the cover art for the posters with him looking over the city and him tearing through the I Love New York sign. Both fucking iconic. Love them. Always loved this one growing up. Uh, it gets a lot of hate now. Uh, I always loved it. I As a it New Yorker, great. it's sort of just for that reason. It's sort of yeah. near and dear to my heart. Not saying, obviously, we live in Crystal Lake, but just the fact that it's like, hey, you know, this is New York. This is our home state. I always, uh, I always Even though it was more reason. like in the city. New York City. It, it's true. Still. But. <laughs> Favorite scene? Uh, when Jason kicks the fucking boombox. I mean, like, in Times Square. Yeah. 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 His mask. My favorite scene is Jason and Julius's rooftop boxing match. Oh, oh of course. yeah. Which is my favorite death scene in that film. Mine, by, too. By far. <laughs> <laughs> um, Julius is actually the only character I like in this whole movie. Schools. Ow. My color. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was great. Is is. And if you see him around, he fucking brings his de- uh, his decapitated head to conventions nice. and stuff, which is pretty cool. But I would say it's like my least favorite, like Jason face. Why? Because well, he's got a new mask on. No, no, no but like, the unmasking at the end where it's all awful. He, he kind of ah! looks like that. a fucking muppet. 
Yeah, that's, yeah, he def- yeah. definitely does. That's terrible. Can Going from part actually... seven to to that, yeah. like it was, it was a it was a pretty big letdown. Yeah, was there a significantly lower budget though? Or they turned did the they, fan off. They just had to spend mm-hmm. most of the budget on like the Times Square scenes. Well, and, uh, you know, Jesse, you gotta look up every budget. So, um, can we talk about how his mask was broken at the end of part seven? Yeah. So he gets a new mask from this kid at the beginning, and it still has the the cut, the, the cut from the axe. Yeah. Well, some continuity see, issues. There. No, but this is the way again with with our ability to sort of create our own storyline. The way I look at it yeah. is that Jason Voorhees had become a legend. In that town, and what had happened to him. So people and were just so fucking doing it. Themselves. People were just buying masks and cutting yes. them like that. It's like, oh, I'm going as Jason. Yeah, yeah. So more plot hole filling. So, so, but can we talk about why is there a random fucking electrical wire in that lake? Is there any beer left? No. So you I asked sister. you guys if you wanted any. You didn't I only bought me. a six pack. You never asked me. You never asked. Didn't us. you have one? Yes, have some. I don't drink, yo. Uh, uh, sorry, guys. Back Go to the buy movie. some, Brian. Anyway, so favorite favorite kills. Nothing. You're Julius stare- getting his head punched yeah, off. Okay, yeah. you said it was your favorite scene. I said it was your favorite kill. I think that yeah, we one of that the best, well, like as far as as far as cinematography in that film, I love the dance floor scene it, on the ship. Yeah, where like with the lights, like right. it's it's got a really iconic look, and memory comes through. To me, that's awesome. Which is kind of been shocking that they had a couple nice scenes in this because it does look like a fucking TV movie. Bad. Uh, oh, explain this one though. When she's in that dance room, and there's like doors all around her. How is it that when she looks, literally just looks at each door, Jason's already like standing a fucking there. smell it. Uh, five million dollar budget. Really? It only grossed fourteen million. But I guarantee you, like you said probably a good chunk of that budget is, is being on location for, yeah. to shut yeah. down the, the one of the meccas of this country like you you literally would have to shut down portions of new york to film yeah um and that's what for me always comes to mind when i think of jason takes manhattan is what could have been because when they they tell you the original script and the original that was the whole film was really supposed to be in new york city and they were going to there, the fucking Statue of Liberty, the Empire State Building, all the iconic locations in New York were supposed to be featured in that film, and they just didn't. They just didn't have the time. They didn't have the funds. Right. So it just got cut down to like a few. Se- the, the subway, which is great, and Times Square, like you said, with the boombox, Sean. But it's just to me, it's like, whoa, what could have been if that actual script could have translated to screen. Mm-hmm. Which is funny. I talk about how like you know how they close off Times Square and shit. Like I know I'm jumping off into a different movie, but like. The talking about Ghostbusters, how they like literally blocked up like one section on the road to film like the Dana Barrett scene where the Ghostbusters go into the apartment building. Uh, apartment building. Apparently, like that one strip of road when they blocked it off caused like so much like backed up in traffic. So it went from like a one hour drive to like a two hour drive to get the fucking work. It, it there's serious implications for a, you know a city that never sleeps, if yeah. you will. To there's constant traffic. There's constant. Um, movement in that city. Anytime you're there, Times Square is just as alive at you know one o'clock in the morning as it is during the day. So, well, to, you, to, to film those things, yeah. I can just imagine how costly. Particularly, people, everyone wants to stop. I want to see what's going on. It's not yeah. like and J- Jason was known to everybody. You can't have fucking six foot eight Kane Hodder or however the hell big he is walking around Times Square. 
So um, something, with a hockey mask without stopping yeah. everybody. Something that was cool about this film, too, was they did a lot of promotions. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's 1989, so the Arsenio Hall show that was, was on. Great, great um, uh, clip. He does, uh, Kane Hodder does the Arsenio Hall show in full And when we up. say does, he just goes out there and says something and doesn't yeah, say anything. Yeah, which is funny because he plays it straight and like Arsenio Hall is like hilarious in it. Um, so, like, it's obviously at the mecca of, like, MTV, and, like, obviously it's Friday the 13th, this character, Jason Voorhees, is huge at the time. That's why they kept cranking these out. Like, obviously the movie didn't triple its profits at that time, but it's still making money. It still made money. It made its money back, more than its money back in opening weekend. And so, again, still continuing the same trend of hiring basically no name. Yeah. It's not like there's yeah, no one really that they're having to pay chunks of cash to, you know? No, but also, what... Oops. What a dickhead her uncle is, the fucking Charles. And, like, and, and what an asshole. That guy was in another, like, iconic horror film, I feel like. I feel like he was an asshole in another film, too. Peter Mark Richman, what was he in? I, I could have sworn I've seen him in a few other horror films that I own. But, but uh, maybe. who played in the uh, diner scene? Like, wasn't, like, a former... Oh, Ken Kersinger went on to play Jason. And yeah. Oh, and he, okay. he was the guy behind the counter? Yeah, that Jason throws against the mirror. That's cool. That's a cool little... Uh, what do we think of Jensen? Uh, we talked about Lar Park Lincoln uh, in New Blood, but what does everyone think of Jensen Daggett? I feel like her character was kind of stale, but I did like it because she obviously had a fear of the lake. She had a fear of Jason, which apparently she had an encounter with when she was younger because he her Uncle her Charles in, right? is a piece of shit and threw her off the fucking boat. I don't know why, but they he they painted him so easily as like so easily hateable and I hated that cocksucker. <laughs> um she didn't do anything for me personally. I didn't hate her, but she just That's a great name though, Jensen Daggett. It's her her name does a little for me, but her personality just didn't do anything for me. Yeah, I definitely don't think she was one of the more memorable of the. the Obviously, girls. Julius is the best character in the whole movie, hands down. Agreed. He's got yeah. a, a fly ass tracksuit on. He oh, yeah. fucking rocks yeah, to the bitter just, end too. He's, he should have been the final girl, is what I think. <laughs> and it's uh, yeah, this is one I remember watching a lot at a younger age. So it was a lot of fun. It's always fun to think about this one. Always fun to revisit it. And I think the last Friday the Thirteenth that I celebrated, I think we watched part eight, Brian. Didn't we even talk about Crazy Ralph? We did. This one yeah. has a Crazy Ralph oh, ripoff. Yeah. Does it? Only yeah. known as Deckhand. And he's just like, this voyage is doomed. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely got a, a lackluster Ralph like, how did you gimmick know? going like, on. How did he know that the voyage would be doomed? I don't care. Well, it's probably because they care. managed to get that fucking uh, steam cruiser from a lake into the fucking... <laughs> into the, oh, my God. No, wanna, no, no, no. Put that back on. Oh, uh, Hold on, hold on. I want to know your story, Deckhand. Were you, like, good friends with Ralph? Is that what he's credited as, Deckhand? Yeah, just Deckhand. And they refer to him as the, the Deckhand. He's probably one of the people on the fucking Gilligan's Island. Well, I don't know. All right, well, we'll move past eight. Eight's fun. Take your best shot, motherfucker. Best line in the movie. Oh. Oh. As some of my least favorite characters. But I love Julius, but let's move on. And now a personal favorite of mine that gets a lot of hate. It shouldn't. Jason goes to hell. 
the final Friday. The first and only entry in the 90s for the Friday the 13th franchise. Opinions, go. I actually used to have a mad uh, magazine that had uh, talked about uh, Jason Goes to Hell. It was like, what was it? It had like a comic book strip inside of it. It was kind of hilarious. Like it showed like what Jason does in Hell. I, I kind of wish I still had it. Oh, really? It's like, it like a vague memory of me of like buying that at fucking, you know, PNC back in the day. Yeah. Um, this one I always, another one I, I remember loving as a kid. Uh, it was just so much, it was always so much fun. One, I remember for a fact, obviously it came out in 93. Uh, I remember seeing it in the video store. I remember this for a fact. I remember what video store I saw it in. Sight and sound video. I can't remember the year. It had to have been like 94. Right. Because it came out August 13th, 1993. It had to have come out in like 1994 on video or whatever. But I remember <coughs> the fact. I remember it distinctly. It's one of the it's one of the first video rental memories I have is actually going to Sight and Sound Video, renting Hocus Pocus, <laughs> renting Jason Goes to Hell, which Hocus Pocus came out in ninety three. So if my timeline's correct, we're talking like mid to late 1994. Yeah. Because movies usually took 9 to 12 months to come out on video for rental back then. And then if you and wanted to buy them, they only cost $99. Yeah, only 100 cents. <laughs> Which is hilarious that you brought up the whole like video rental. Remember like back in the day with Price Chopper used to rent videos? Yes. Yeah. I remember I like, do remember that. walking through there and I remember seeing like the Blob remake and like Jason Goes to Hell like side by side. Yeah. Which I always thought was like really cool. Yeah, those are always... And that artwork was so pivotal. Pivotal for back Jason then. Yeah, oh, just yeah, in general. Mean, like, in general. You're okay. t- those VHS days. Oh, I mean, yeah. they had to have that killer artwork. Yeah. Um, and the it, and I definitely feel like the Friday the Thirteenth franchise stepped up in that regard. Yeah, and that was another thing. the The cover art is so like kind of seminal for that one in particular. I just it, when you're young, that catches your eye, like a weird snake, fucking penis thing ripping through a fucking metal type mask with fucking fire and Jason goes to hell and it was the first movie to actually ha- besides, I guess Jason takes Manhattan but like I love the title Jason goes to hell I love it and it's very interesting you know you have to commend him for having such a um, a unique premise to it you yeah know I mean that was I know Kane Hodder played Jason but how how much was Jason actually even in that film <laughs> like it was just well, like the actual character of Jason the was beginning? in it in the beginning which is amazing one is amazing I love that they have like the fucking SWAT team and all these special forces the blow up finally take care of Jason yeah because his body count has just gotten out of hand they need to get in here and the fucking you know the authorities have gotten involved and are finally getting together yeah. to take Jason down. Finally, they they've stopped trusting these whole bunk cops yeah. from like part six to you know the yeah. fucking local jailer movie, to handle it. Movie directed by Adam Marcus, who also is known for Not writing really a whole it. lot of nothing. He did write um, <laughs> Texas Chainsaw 3D from 2013. Uh, really, and I know yeah. we talk about Pajos. How the fuck did Jason go from like Manhattan back to? The woods. Uh, well, this is how I'm gonna I'm gonna play it. I'm gonna play it that he was in the sewer in Manhattan, and he just drifted down into that sewer, and somehow <laughs> fucking they were dumping the waste from New York 
Maybe it was the maybe it was the river of slime from Ghostbusters two that brought him back to. I'm glad there's like two Ghostbusters references. <laughs> you know, personally, the only way I can make sense of this one is if I think of it as like separate from the previous eight. chronology. I, I feel like, like the turtles like a reboot. Yeah, that's true. The turtles. The turtles took a vacation. They fucking <laughs> they had his corpse and they chucked it back into Crystal Lake. So obviously, um, third. Uh, Third film that Kane Hodder appears in is Jason. Yeah, he definitely um, has the most unique. Kane Hodder also the... plays security guard number two, yep. and Freddy Krueger's arm at the end of the film, which in and of itself is probably one of the most iconic movies yes, in the entire franchise. Because is... that's that was the next step. That was the catalyst. That this was what they wanted to do. Um, so this is obviously the first installment of the franchise. That's a new line film too. Yep. Mm-hmm. It, they, wanted, they wanted to go in that direction, and for whatever reason, it, it didn't become a reality. And uh, that eventually brought about, about uh, Jason in space, Jason X. Yeah, because uh, that, that didn't they? They attempted to do that, um, Freddy versus Jason. Then, right? Yeah. And then it, it stalled out, and that's when they went so space s- direction. Some of the let's talk about the the diner family. You got Ward, the son. Who looks like me if I gained a little bit more weight and had longer hair? Awesome character. You have uh, <laughs> of course you say the, that. <laughs> the it, it's like me, the, fucking best character in the whole film. The Joey B and Shelby characters. Uh, Shelby playing the male uh, by Leslie Jordan. Oh come on now, baby, watch the language. That guy. Yeah. Uh, and then fucking of course uh, the rusty rusty Schwimmer. I guess is her name. Uh, David Schwimmer's sister. Is it her sister? Is it her sister? Is it her sister? <laughs> is, is it Ross's sister? Is it, is Ross's it sister? her sister? <laughs> I don't know if Ross is her sister. I just made that up. But either way, uh, that couple's like hilarious. That like it's this uh, you know like full figured gal that's dating like a little Weasley. Like oh come on now baby ow like that guy. He's been in like a lot. I think he's been in Elf, Elf number seven, and fucking twelve different Christmas movies. Um, but that that's makes, but let's talk about the concept is actually I think that's when they stretched a little bit more. You're quiet during this. You not a Jason goes to hell fan, are you, Ruben? Well, before you were you went around and asked each of us um, what He's we texting thought. over here. Yeah, I'm asking Eric. Isn't he supposed to call into the podcast? Um, yes, he is. Broken phone number seven. Jason <laughs> goes to hell is my least favorite of the franchise. But before you jump on my fucking cock. I don't. I, dick talk today. I don't hate it. That was later. BT. It's just it's not one of my favorites at all. And I actually Gee. do. This is another one where I sort of like don't care much for any of the characters in it, except for I think Steven's cool. He's like an unlikely hero type character. John D. LeMay, great. And obviously Creighton Duke is one of the best characters in the entire franchise. I'm gonna say two words to you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say two words to you. I want you to tell me the first thing that comes to your mind. Jason Voorhees, obviously the best line in the whole movie. Creighton Duke. I don't think Jason Voorhees. I think of a little girl in a little pink dress sticking a hot dog to a donut. <laughs> <laughs> fucking whoever wrote that line, fucking needs an award, right? an Oscar right now for writing. Like if the writer actually wrote that line. Or did the guy who played Creighton Duke, Stephen Williams, actually fuck it? If he improv that, that, he's the fucking improv master. Either way, someone that line. was doing something right. Yeah. But 
I, I actually, when I was a kid, I like to like go really far to try to connect all the movies. We and still do that, Brian. I not anymore. Don't I'm, try to I'm play just it like, like Jason Goes to Hell has nothing to do with the previous movie. There's no other way. But when I was a kid, I was like, all right, we see the Necronomicon in the Voorhees house. What if? Isn't the crate from Pamela uh, Voorhees? Yeah, it's also. What was? The what if Pamela Voorhees was in the basement of Jason Voorhees' place? Yeah. No Shit, one I never cares fucking about my childhood theories. No, yes, I, I want to hear no, about that. He Alex just dropped a major Easter egg that I've never heard of. You before. didn't know the crate from Creepshow was there? Not, not really. The, I've only watched that film a handful of times. The place hat or whatever from the birds, the jungle, the jungle gym, the jungle gym from the birds is there. But the number, the Necronomicon's there. Okay. And so, as a kid, I was like, "All right, so what if after Jason drowned, Pamela Voorhees used this like?" Necronomicon, the Book of the Dead, to try to resurrect her son somehow, and then through that he became like supernatural, supernatural, and demonic. it wasn't the lightning that did it in six; it was actually her spell. Yeah, all right, we're, sh- we're sh- but I, I'm just saying that's what I thought when I was a kid to try to connect it. Now I'm just like, all right, this is totally they're doing their own thing with this. I respect that, but so the Jason. Now they've broken it down that Jason is an actual, like, demon. evil demon entity. Yep. But Crane Duke just, like, drops this, like, oh, Jason changes bodies. Oh, he's like, to be reborn. You... Well, what does he say? Jason changes bodies, like, people... What is the line? I don't, I don't Change remember. their underwear. Yeah. Something, something like that. And it's like, how is that a fact when I've been watching eight movies and Jason's just always been in his own body. They're just having fun. But that's know, why I, mean, I think I, I think the but irony... That's why I think of it as a separate entity from the other... The irony of the fact films. that everyone is sort of in love with Kane Hodder's Jason is the fact that three of the four Friday films he was in are universally shit on by everyone. Everyone... Th- other true. than Other than seven, everyone shits on eight. They shit on Jason Goes to Hell, and they shit on Jason X. Yet everyone fucking jumps on Kane's dick like he's the he's the ultimate Jason. It's like, dude, three out of the four films you were in sucked. They don't suck. They don't but suck. They suck in their own right. But no, I mean, by hey, they suck almost as much as Kane with those high-heeled shoes on. That he Black Christmas popular, <laughs> By popular opinion... <laughs> you son of a I'm bitch. I'm just kidding. I love Black Christmas. By popular do. opinion, eight, nine, and ten are the least liked of the yeah. franchise along with five. And seven, even like that's kind of love it or hate it for people. I yeah. love it. So I it love made it too. We all love it at made, this table. Made or made for three million. Made f- f- almost sixteen. So it did a little better than it. It cost a little Manhattan. bit less to make than yeah. Manhattan. Yeah. You know? Kill it. And then uh, made made the same amount. Right around. Yeah, right around. Not far off. Um. So yeah, it's a fun film. I've always had. I always loved it. Can we talk about the fact that, like, the demon Jason thing crawled into, like, a dead woman's fucking vagina? Favorite kill. Let's ignore what the fuck I just said. <laughs> <laughs> he does that, Yes, that's, that's, the, that's the demon the demon of Jason. I know. I'll go last because mine might be the same as someone Favorite else's. Favorite I can think of a different kill. one. Kill. Ah, pick someone else, I gotta think. Okay, it's when they're having sex in the tent and Jason like impales oh, yes. the thing and then like lifts it up and splits her right in half. Yeah, that's um, the fucking rules. Yeah, that very special effects. Now, I would say that it's Jason getting blown up at the beginning, but technically, it's not a real kill. Oh! So with that, 
I will go he with body snatched Shelby's that. kill, where he sticks his fucking head in the fucking fryer. No! <laughs> Six his fucking Listen, after this, that's the Friday film I want to watch. Yeah. It's one of my oh, least watched entries oh, in the franchise. Watch it. Sticks his head in the fryer and then fucking just tosses him. But also, another cool fucking scene in that is when Ward walks out there, like, all fucking Eddie Vedder-like. He's like, hey, I got my flannel tied around my waist. Fuck you. Hey, he's holding the gun up. And Jason just grabs it. Well, his he, he's the fucking reporter that's diddling fucking Hooser shits. Um, <laughs> and sticks his hand out, and Jason just breaks his fucking arm. I love it. <laughs> Show it. Uh, but obviously, what's your favorite kill? Do you need to rewatch it before you I, can? I do. Le- I need to reassess because I, you know I'm not going to lie. There is definitely certain films in that franchise I've watched a million times. One, two, three, four, six. But then there's certain ones yeah. that I, I I really honestly have not watched nearly as much. Jason Goes to Hell, one of my least watched in the franchise, and so is Jason. Jason X by far my least watched yeah. out of any, any. I'll agree with that. And it's just, it's not even, it's just, it's taking an iconic character who's, whose background we know and then turning it into like a sci-fi. Thing. Yeah. I think that that's people's issue. If that was a standalone film, it might be thought of differently, but you're taking just a slasher film and making it into like a science fiction film and he's in space and, you know, that's when it really jumps the shark, man. Yeah. It's like, anytime you go into space, you fucking, you're done. Like how is your fucking Leprechaun? Leprechaun, yeah. So, uh, one I love, one part I love is the end where all the souls are flying in and fucking out and the demons come up from under the fucking thing and they're bringing them down to hell. So obviously, they bring them down and it's one of the best closings of any movie yeah. in horror history. I love it because they finally... And you roll your eyes all you want, Brian. Fuck you. Um, because they finally... Because people were already thinking. I remember even at a young age, I was thinking of it. Freddy versus Jason. Freddy versus Jason. And then you get the fucking mask with the the sand and the in the dirt blowing over it, and then you get Freddy's laugh with his hand with the oh. the the razor claw hand coming and fucking pulling his mask down. I agree. Amazing fucking answer. ending, and I can only imagine how people were freaking. Even if the, they thought the movie was kind of shitty, that was something that they had a little feather in their caps for saying what could be next and yep. obviously you had to wait 10 years but 10 years later it finally came and it and it's cool to know you know I realize it was just the arm and the glove but the Nightmare franchise is, is one of the rare franchises where with a few exceptions Robert Englund played Freddy for almost every single scene minus the stunt man that Jack Shoulder hired in part 2 yeah and then minus uh, Michael Bailey Smith who um, played Super Freddy in um, Dream Child, but for the most part, it was always Robert Englund. So, kind of a cool little side note that Kane Hodder donned the glove for that one, that one last scene. Yeah. Um, so I've never seen. I wonder if Kane. Uh, you know, we see him at every convention we go to. Does he have that as a eight by ten? I want like the with the oh, Jason mask and the he should that would be because that that'd be a, that'd be a big seller I feel like that's such a cool just the look of the Jason mask with the glove coming up from the sand that should be if he doesn't have it you know somebody's telling him to get that eight by ten glossy son well we got Bill Mosley following this page Bill shout out to shout Kate. out to Bill Mosley for following Heart God Media love Bill Mosley Bill Mosley support you Bill 
Uh, so moving on, Jason X, 2001, it's credited as, but it was not released until April 26, 2002. I got nothing to say about that film. <laughs> I saw uh, this at the uh, West Room Drive-In. It's, it's supposed to be super stupid and campy, and it's a throwback. Uh, we won't spend much time on it, but Brian, we're, what are your thoughts on Jason X? I enjoy Jason X. I recognize that it's not a great movie. but like, I don't think it was made to be. Either. Yeah, like Jason Goes to Hell, I think of it as separate from the rest of the franchise. Although, um, it starts out just like Jason Goes to Hell in Crystal Lake. And, it, you know, it's not like they totally forgot that Jason came from Crystal Lake. You know what I mean? And it he gets frozen... And ends up in the future, and ends up on space. It makes sense how he ends up in space. Yeah, yeah. in the context of the movie, at least. Yeah, that that. Fucking in the context of the franchise, sense, going to space didn't make much sense. But in the context of the movie, but I, Alien is my favorite franchise outside of Friday the Thirteenth, and it it kind of felt like a mix of the two. The story of Jason X is like a lot like Aliens. Like, yeah, a girl gets unthought in the future and she's on the spaceship and Jason's like a stand-in for the the xenomorphs and I just there's so many fun scenarios that Jason ends up in like uh hunting the the marines or whatever yeah ending up in that virtual reality which is I think the probably my favorite part of the film and was that you can you can say whatever you want but I think the design of uber jason the robot was pretty fucking sick yeah i I did like that a lot too and that fucking bodies from johnny pools on the soundtrack is it i know it was in the fucking trailer trailer no well let's all have a big love affair with fucking jason goes or jason goes jason goes to space (laughs) jason x this podcast is that we've had something positive to say about each movie and I got nothing to say about it yeah the movie uh was made for 11 mil what? Yeah. That fucking movie cost eleven million dollars to make. <laughs> well, yeah, it had drawing pool in the soundtrack. <laughs> um, and it made uh, it lacked luster thirteen. I can't believe it. Number one cost eleven million to make, and I can't believe two. It made thirteen million. Who fucking John? <laughs> well, to I see remember. It five it's times. funny, and it's Stop. it's funny that it's uh, it's actually our friend Chris Flossen's birthday today. Happy birthday, Chris. Happy um, birthday, Chris. So what's funny is, uh, yeah, you better text him. Uh, it's funny. BT I, wouldn't he even got, fucking known that had no, you not shouted out. Chris, no. I hope you're listening to this podcast. So uh, Jason X, I remember Chris bootleg. Chris got a bootleg of it. Yeah. And Chris got a bootleg of it before it came out. In the, before like April 26th or 28th, whenever it came out, Chris had a bootleg before it somehow because Chris was at the fucking, the crux of the fucking internet. It was getting bootleg copies offline or something. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's how I saw it too. From Chris? Yeah. Really? Yeah. These Chris was fucking tape trading in fucking <laughs> yeah. 2002. Yeah, shit, that fucking movie would have made 20 million if it wasn't for Chris Gloss and he fucking brought it down a peg. <laughs> <laughs> he fucking corrupted it. It definitely hurt fucking sales for the Canastona area without a doubt. <laughs> like fucking passing it along, Canastona Middle School. <laughs> but I remember that's how, if I remember correctly, I think that's how I first saw it. Chris got a bootleg of it. Uh, but. Yeah, moving on. Hey. Well, this one. Are you talking about favorite kills? 
My favorite one is the cryogenically frozen face and the... Yeah, of course. I mean... Well, fuck you. That's the only good moment in the whole film. <laughs> one scene that I thought was hilarious... Jeez, you better and... pull your pants up and wipe after you shit out in this one. <laughs> one scene I thought that was a great throwback, but also... Oh, was the, was the was... camp scene? Yeah, the camp scene, and he's got the girl in the sleeping bag, and he's just he whacking the other girl with him. <laughs> yeah, that is funny. That, that is great. It's so great that. because it's like, the last time we see him, these two girls are just like, hey, want to smoke, smoke dope, want to have sex, and then it cuts away, and then when it cuts back to him, he's just like, whacking them together. That is hilarious. Great. And like, aren't they like still talking to him? I think they're just screaming. Okay. Honestly, a one thing I will po- a positive thing I'll say about that. I did think his mask looked pretty cool in that film. For yeah. you know, I had like a futuristic look though. It was pretty cool. Yeah. All right. So moving on to Freddy vs. Jason. Jason, just a short year and a half or so later, two thousand three. Freddy vs. Jason, August fifteenth, two thousand three. I remember when this was kind of rebooting, out. basically rebooting the franchise. Like, uh, okay, we're gonna discount. Goes to hell, X. This is a new start. Dude, I remember like start. they had like a Vegas weigh-in for this fucking yes, movie. Yes, it was it was very promoted. I oh, remember yeah. it being all over Fangoria, obviously at the time. Uh, I was still out of the internet world. I didn't get into the internet world until so like, me. yeah, until I started hanging out with you. Sean introduced me to the internet more or less. Um, <laughs> Thanks a lot, Sean. <laughs> we haven't seen Jesse since. <laughs> um, so I remember all, and I remember the soundtrack and something. This John, or Sean, this is something you can uh, attest to because you were in that realm of uh, musical likings. Well, no, it wasn't it wasn't all new metal actually? Only Il Nino was on there that was new metal, but um, it had Hatebreed on it, yes. had Kill Switch on it. It was a fucking rad ass soundtrack, and I remember that's what was getting me amped. Uh, uh, about it as well was uh, some of those cooler bands that were on there. I love that film. It yeah. really is. I remember no, seeing listen. it in theaters, and it, it blew up the box office. People wanted to see it for a long time. People love, they love crossovers. They love, you know, Alien versus Predator, which came later, obviously. This is, but Ash, you know, how they've introduced yeah, him with yeah. fucking whatever they're doing with him. But. This is hands down the most anticipated crossover of all time. It was up to that point. Yeah. For sure, because... We're still all like, why wasn't there a sequel to it? Yeah. I think there's a lot of interesting backstory about that film. A lot of different drafts were written over the ye- for years and years and years. You know, many different so writers. Many horror fans bitch about this movie, and I don't get really? it. Really? Yeah, I see I think a lot of hate for this movie. I think Fuck it's that. brilliant. This movie's fucking amazing. I think My it's only, like a major love letter about franchises. Definitely is. One hundred percent a love letter. Sean has a negative. The only negative of thing about this you movie, do, you fucking hold on, it's, it's very minor. It's the blatantly like J ripoff. In this movie, Blatantly oh, of, uh, Jason Mewes. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh. I thought that was J- when I first saw this back. I thought that fucking was him. Uh, <laughs> but um, uh, the cast is well. Obviously, you got Robert Englund returning, Ken Kurtzinger uh, coming and taking on the role of Jason after Which, Kane was uh, flushed uh, down the fucking toilet. Yeah, unceremoniously dumped. Ronnie, you wanted a big dude to play yeah. Jason. Yeah, like someone and significantly taller than Yeah, they Maybe. wanted an actual titan, and, uh, you know. And he's not just taller, he's wider. Kurzinger yeah. is an absolute mammoth. Yeah. Um, Which, speaking of that, I love the uh, episode of Holliston in season two, where like Kane Hodder tries to kill oh, himself. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's great. That's probably the best uh, episode of that whole like little series of Holliston is 
where Kane Hodder is like in like just regressed to like <laughs> fucking torturing himself and smashing shit off his head and banging his head because he's still every time you mention Freddy versus Jason he's just like banging his head off the wall and shit and just we just see where like someone like offers him a lollipop and he's like the like chintziest fucking smile yeah it's really funny I definitely think that that it it played no role in my enjoyment of it but that definitely upset a lot of genre fans because they for so long had anticipated that battle between Kane. And Robert England, it and it didn't see, come. It didn't make fruition. a difference to me. I wouldn't have known if no one told me. I, you know what I mean. I'm going to touch on a couple things right now. One, Monica Kina, great in this film. I one I'm, of her only <laughs> good roles, honestly, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. And unfortunately, unfortunately, she looks shot. She looks shot to hell now. I don't know what the hell happened to her. It looks like she got Dude, hit she by started the maximum fucking dating, overdrive truck. She started dating Eddie Furlong, and shit went downhill quick. <laughs> Did she date Eddie Furlong? Yeah, you they never saw that YouTube video of him wearing sweatpants running out of the cafe? No shit, good for him. Jason uh, Ritter, John Ritter. Jason son. Ritter is fucking awesome. I'm surprised he didn't have a much like larger career after this, because I thought he was excellent in that. I don't know about that other kid's name from the asylum, but he's awesome, too. Chris Martin, wait, uh, Brennan, Brennan Fletcher? Fletcher. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. And then Catherine uh, Isabel from Ginger Snaps. Great. Fucking Cliff from... Uh, Dead Man's on Campus? Yeah, Lachlan Monroe, which yeah. he's, he's in the show Riverdale, which is a is play really? of, the all, of the Archie comics or I, I didn't start watching it. We just started watching it, and it's fucking, it's sick. It's uh, like kind of like a darker version of like the Archie comics. Have you actually read like any of like the horror Archie comics? None of the horror ones. I didn't know there was horror ones. There's like Archie versus Predator, Archie versus Sharknado, really? Archie fucking versus Zombies. No shit. The uh, the the Kelly Rowland, the other chick from Destiny's Child. Now too. I, I'll listen. We're gonna get controversial, Dr. and we need you on. We need you on this subject, Brian. Yeah. So I saw people post, uh, talking shit on uh, Kelly Rowland from Destiny's Child because she used the the f bomb. And not fuck and you. Because now, obviously, fourteen years later, people think that isn't. Faggot. Yes, faggot. You know what, guys? You are gay. You are a gay man. Does that offend you hearing Kelly Rollins say faggot in Freddy vs. Jason? No. If you're gonna call a gay person a faggot to be an asshole, then that that would offend me. You're yes. a piece of shit. Then. But calling Freddy Krueger a faggot to try to like... <laughs> He's a child molester. I think he deserves worse than being called faggot. That's kind of light for him. What, what yeah, I mean, how dare faggot? you call Freddy a faggot? No, I mean... I was I, more offended by her uh, her acting. <laughs> yeah, yeah we, I was just offended by her acting, but um, the writers I, I saw on Crystal Lake... It was either Crystal Lake Memories or... Never oh, that, yeah, again. yeah, okay. It sounds like the, the way the scene originally would have played out would have been better, and for some reason it got changed. But no, I mean personally. Why? How was it originally? Um, originally, scripted. and it, it's still kind of stupid, but it would have been better. Because I still haven't seen Crystal Lake Memories. So she's I talking oh, to Jason. She's like confused. She's talking to Jason, and she's basically saying what Nancy said at the end of part one, where she's like, you know, you have no power over me. I'm not afraid of you. You ain't scared. And then Freddy shows up behind her, and she, he's like, wrong guy or something, and then he kills her. Which would have been great for two reasons. It would have been a great throwback to the original. Also, okay? Freddy only got one kill in this whole movie, so it would have been nice to see him get another one. Freddy only got one kill in the whole movie? Yeah. The one in the locker? No, she disappeared. No, oh, that's no, she disappeared. He's Jason mine! Got... No! Mine! So what, what was the only kill he got? Uh, Brendan Fletcher, the other kid from the Asylum of the Dot. 
He's no, I don't wait, believe wait, wait, that. Was he kill killer? Didn't he also kill uh, Scott Farkas? Or Scott Farkas killed himself? Yes. Well, Zach Ward him in the last yeah, he's like a yeah. flashback, and then we see him. I mean, he inhabits his, you know, his body, right? I never realized he only got one kill. That well, seems... How, how can it be Freddy versus... A fucking guy only got one kill in the whole he, film? Because he was weak and the kids didn't remember him. So he, so he had Jason go to fucking Elm Street. He was like, you know, make them remember. Shit. The, the film's... But that in and of itself, to try to find a way to bring both, both those two together, they're both in hell... And to have Jason, you know, Freddy wants Jason to fucking return Jason to Elm Street. Up the fucking tree. To me, that is an absolutely brilliant film. I loved it. And, uh, yeah. It was a great event for all of us horror fans. Yeah, it really was. I'll always look back on the day that I saw it in theaters. Yeah, didn't like you and I like go at the same time but not together? Like, we're in the same theater. I don't know who I went with, though. I think you went with your brother and fucking, oh, uh... Okay. Maybe Michael Brown? Not but to mention, that was the last time we ever saw Robert Englund on highest, the screen. Uh, cool. Highest yeah. budget oh, Ron, for yeah. any film associated with Friday the 13th. $30 million, grossed 82 Yeah. And I went uh, with my sister and John Peters. Okay. So, very... And it was a long time coming. You oh, figure yeah. from Jason Goes to Hell to that, how many years that was in, in the works? It was originally planned for... Part Friday the Thirteenth Part Seven, right? And then, is that what the deal was? That yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah. And but they couldn't get a deal between Paramount and New Line. And that's the yeah. pr- that's so the problem with these like franchises, Tina, like it, a Carrie type character. Is the fact that for so long it was so hard to <clears throat> to get all of them to to cooperate with each other and to come together. But if I'm not mistaken, doesn't New Line own all of them now? Yeah, New Line yeah. owns. Friday the Thirteenth franchise owns yes, does. Yes, uh, they Nightmare do. on Elm Street and yep. owns uh, the Texas Chainsaw films. So really, we can actually get talk them. about a powerhouse. I don't know if they own Halloween. I don't know no. who owns no. them. Sony. I don't know. That's a good question. I think it's Sony. To the Weinstein's, isn't the Bloomhouse there? Weinstein's had they had part. The, they had zombies. Six H two O and both Rob Zombies. I don't know, but if, well, no. Dimension the, the didn't they wait? Didn't they? No. Were they associated with Dimension at all? Or no. What the Halloween Miramax. films? Miramax. No. Uh, Weinstein's. The Weinstein's that was their company prior to the Weinstein company was Dimension. No. I thought it was Miramax. Oh, what the fuck! This is taking. It's a... Miramax. It was Miramax. It was okay. definitely Miramax. Either way, okay. Either way, it would be great if they could get them all together now. So, moving on, the Friday the 13th remake, 2009. Thoughts, John? Thoughts? Um, uh, you know, I, I do have an appreciation for that film, but it's... Uh, essentially, what it did is it combined, uh, what, three, three, four... Friday the Thirteenth films all in one, you know, yeah. it sort of it got away from the whole the idea the of cabin it of it in the you know the whole at a summer camp. Let's just exclude that, and it jumped right into you know he's in the bar and he gets the hockey mask. I, I I agree with what you said earlier tonight, which is that the opening scenes of that film, the first fifteen minutes are spectacular, and you think and it and it's it's a trick because you think that those are your. Those are your. That's your cast of characters. Yeah, and it's not. 
because then he kills them all right at the beginning. Spoiler alert. Um, We've been spoiling every movie. Up this was yeah, uh, this was directed by Marcus Nispel, who obviously did, did the Nightmare Texas, right now. Or the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. Or no, no, he no did sorry, the te- Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake. Yeah. Excuse me. Uh, Sam Baker did the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. Um, but he did the which that I thought the Nightmare on Elm Street or Nightmare. Why do I keep saying Nightmare on Elm Street? Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake is fantastic. It's one I of think. the best uh, remakes I just ever. Last night, actually. Really? Oh, shit. So Friday the 13th, 2009, came out February 13th, 2009. I went and saw it in theaters. I remember being pumped. The first 15, 20 minutes, I was fucking ecstatic. And it kindly, kind of teetered off, like, more and more as the film went on. Looking back, looking back now, I have rewatched it a few times. I love it. I, I think it's a great film. Obviously, the first 15 to 20 minutes are the best, and then it kind of goes wayward. But... The Travis Van Winkler, is yeah. that his name? He's Travis very, Van... He's very hateable, Van which makes him Wink- very, memler, yes. very memorable. Yes, very so hateable. Both okay? Yeah, a great villain, a heinous uh, asshole. <laughs> I love these hilarious... His summer home where he's like, don't... You know, where his parents uh, lake house, don't touch this, don't, yeah. don't sit on that. Yeah, he was great. Uh, Jordan Peladaki... See, that... Was great, I thought, as well. Well, you know, that, honestly, is my biggest beef with that film. I liked the Friday films better when it was a bunch of no-namers. I didn't like how Palo Ladaki had fucking been in so much already. He was a name brand. He was in Supernatural. Yeah. It's like, I would have preferred that they had another unknown cast of characters. It's hard when the actors become bigger than the villain. Yeah. Which is what I thought happened. Like, I, I didn't want him to be the main character, because it's like, I fucking recognize this guy. He was in House of Wax. He was in Cry Wolf. He was in freaking Supernatural. Yeah. So, it's... Yeah, he was one of the main characters. Mm-hmm. I don't remember that very well. Um, so, I thought Derek Mears was awesome. What are your thoughts, Brian? 2009, Friday the 13th remake. I think it's okay. I don't think it's great. I don't think it's terrible. I think it's <coughs> somewhere in the middle... And it's a decent release. Yeah, it's too. Um, I you pretty much know what you're getting into when you go see it. It's a Michael Bay produced remake. It's like glossier than the originals. It's got a more well known cast, and um, it definitely. If you're going to see a Friday the Thirteenth movie for gore and nudity, it definitely has plenty of that. Yeah. Probably some of the most nudity in the series since Part 5. Yeah. Sean, um, thoughts? Uh, definitely better than the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street remake. I'll agree with that. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I'll agree with that. I, I love Danielle Panabaker, who plays Jenna. I'm, just, She's, I'm pretty fucking surprised that this movie's almost 10 years old now. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I remember seeing this, and then about a month later going to see I Love You, Man. Oh, I wanted to see a lot Baker of movies too, right? in 2009. I do like Danielle Panabaker. She was in the Crazies remake. Mm-hmm. And she was in one of the Piranha, oh, shit, Piranha Double D. Oh, yeah. But I thought Derek Mears did and a great... And she was in John Carpenter's The Ward, I believe. Wasn't that her? Poor she Car- fa- Carpenter better end with a better movie than The Ward, because The Ward was dog shit. Well, I, that's why I tend to just... I, I think of just... In my head, I think of Cigarette Burns. He went out on top. <laughs> and then he made two shitty films after that. And What's two shitty films? I know there was The Ward and... Well, he did Pro-Life, which was another Masters of Horror episode. I liked Pro-Life. Yeah. Eh, I thought it was alright, but it wasn't the fucking... It wasn't Cigarette Burns. Cigarette Burns no. was fucking really good. It was great. Um, I, I thought didn't... Derek Mears did awesome as Jason. Think Looking back now, I guess I didn't pay much mind to him 
as Jason before, but now after rewatching it a few times since theaters, I appreciate it. I appreciate the acting. I appreciate how he portrays Jason. I appreciate the film a lot more. It's one of the better remakes, but again, it's it's it has its flaws. It's not without flaws. But with that said, it's a shame we didn't get another reboot because I don't care. People could say, "Oh, I can stop making them, stop making them." Whenever you get Freddy, Jason, Leatherface, Michael Myers, there are new Universal monsters. So whenever we get a new one, it's gonna uh, it's good for the genre. It, and for me, I don't honestly, I don't understand what happened because I don't understand. So New Line owns the rights to. The Friday the 13th franchise now? I yeah. thought Paramount got the rights back. Oh, they reverted back? I thought <gasps> oh, you're right. They do revert and that, back to and that Paramount. And makes, that makes sense because how is it that we've gotten fucking 300 Texas Chainsaw Massacre sequels, prequels, re-imagings, and we can't get a fucking... We can't get a, a part two to the Friday the 13th. Which I what? They're still in talks, right? Well, no, I don't think so. Didn't they just shut that down? They shut it down. Yeah. It's done. Okay. It was supposed being, to come out today. Again. It was supposed to come out today, Friday Thirteenth, two thousand seventeen, because they wanted to do a Friday Thirteenth. They because they, they planned for it, the game to come out. They wanted a new movie, and up until I think March, it was gonna. They were. I don't know how if they got into production or what. I don't know. I'm really. I just don't understand it. what what's been the holdup. It got like, the why why Bosch laid down on it. Oh, they just yeah. It. Some horror movie did poorly at the box office. And of course, it was oh, rings. It was rings. And that rings, was yeah, and then, right. because of that they they shut How? down. Which rings fucking the so rings Friday the Thirteenth completely different movies. That's why Hollywood's fucking dog shit. And people are begging for another Friday the Thirteenth. No one was asking for another ring. Who the fuck actually? I want to know the stupid silly bastard that said we need a fucking we need rings to be made. He should be beaten with a goddamn pogo stick. I wonder what three but, silly bastards saw that in theaters. I didn't pay to see this. This shit. silly bastard paid a dollar fifty at the Red Box, and mm-hmm. it wasn't worth any. Jesus Christ! That was, that was Dan dragged us to see it. Dan, Dan Clausen, the number one fan, dragged us to go see it. Dan's got some questionable taste. Dan, come out here and defend yourself and quit being <laughs> such a fucking shadow of yourself. <laughs> anyway, so that'll yeah, wrap f- up that. Now we're gonna get into an Eric better call in, or he's gonna fucking mess. Eric's up. not calling. Actually, he's out to out to dinner. Well, his loss. So now. Top five of the franchise. Your top five films. Brian, go. This is an order. Okay. One to five. One to five. One, four, two, six, seven. One, two, four. One, four. One, two. four. Two, two, six, seven. Yeah. John. Top five. I'm going to go with uh, one. Two. Six? Four? Uh, I'm going to go six, seven, four. Sean, top five. Uh, Jason Lives. Wait, is this one to five? One to five. Uh, final chapter. Uh, and I had to do like three, two, one. Three, two, one? Yeah. That's respectable. My top five. From five to Jason one. Jason X. No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, my top five from five to one is five is seven, the new blood. Four is six, Jason lives. Three 
is part two. Number two is part one. And number one is the final four. chapter. So we have the same five films. We just we have more. Are they all the same five? Are they really? No, you had no. three in yours. No, no, I'm saying you and I specifically. Oh, yes. You yes. and I specifically. What, one, were, what was yours? His were the same, too. Oh, yours were oh, the same? Okay, yeah. One, 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 two, four, six, seven? Yeah. 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 Fuck me, right? Three's great. Sean, we, we Sean was the only one that threw three in there. I love three. If we did a top six, three would have been in there. Yeah, same with me. Any uh, any final thoughts on the Friday the Thirteenth franchise? It's kind of it's kind of great that we actually had a Friday the Thirteenth not only this month but so soon after starting the podcast because we kind of got to tackle this and I think we we did a rough overview of uh, we did a rough overview of everything. Uh, you could have watched Titanic during the course of this fucking podcast. Um, I, I had a question for John. Go. Let's hear it. You're, you've been so good at filling in the plot holes for us, and part eight has always been confusing to me, because she's having the hallucinations about Jason, and they start out with, you know, it, they're all with Jason as a kid, by the way. They start out with Jason looking normal. Throughout the film, in her hallucinations, Jason gets more deformed, and then when he gets melted at the end he reverts back to normal looking child jason and do you think that means something and if so what does that mean to you and if you guys are all the bigger fans of that one than i am so did anyone have like an interpretation of that or should i just like chalk it up to like some sort of just chalk it up david lynch like psychotropic moment yeah. <laughs> I don't think that we could beat that. We gotta have it. Sort of uh, symbolic. Uh, it's he's symbolic being reborn. He's he's regressed into his childhood state. He's come full circle. He drowned in the lake as a child. Now he's drowning in the filth of the sewer as a child. Well, why, there you go. But I just mean like why like slowly getting more deformed and then not being deformed at the end when it's been established that he was deformed as a kid. So like full circle. Who knows? They're probably just trying to say, see, he is a real person deep down inside, even though he's a fucking slant-eyed fuck in real life. Hottest in the series around the world. Kevin Blair. <laughs> <laughs> hottest. Hottest what? Hottest, like hottest character, character for you. Anybody? Yeah. <laughs> in, the, in the franchise. In the franchise? Off the top of your head, though. Off the top of my head. You know who I kind of always had a little thing for? <laughs> was, uh... And I can't even... I, I'm embarrassed to say I don't even remember what her name is. Um, but I know in real life... Have you guys ever heard of the show Antique Roadshow? Yeah. yeah. In real life, she's married to the host of Antique Roadshow. Oh, really? But she's the one that is hitchhiking in the first one and gets picked up by Pamela Voorhees in the oh, Jeep. that's uh, right. Annie. Annie. I well, always I loved thought, Annie. I thought she was great. I thought she, she had, was like, going to be... I thought she her. was the main character when I first watched it, so it was kind of like a Janet Lee moment for me when she got killed off. I went to the, I went to Blairstown and recreated Annie's trip down the down the street. That's cute, John. Oh, I already said earlier on the podcast. Oh, the, uh, you're not going to say Snatch again, are you? I'm not going to say that again. <laughs> Which, Snatch is actually a good movie. Uh, the blonde hair chick from part six. I What's Snatch? Megan? Is her name Megan? Not her. Her actual name's what? Uh, Cook. 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 But yes, what part was that? Megan. 
What? What? What'd you just say? I see what Megan we... from Part Six, played by Jennifer Cook, is his most desired woman. Yeah, yeah she's she's funky and fun. Je- Jesse's getting awkward you now. love the Maybe word spunky. Just Jesse's favorite was definitely fucking Pamela Voorhees. No, it was Kevin Blair. Come on. <laughs> Canadian tuxedo all the way. Uh, End it right at the three mark. Right at the three mark? No, we got like seven minutes left still. No, five. Five and less. But it's going to be a little under three hours. Uh, if you've stayed with us through this whole thing and you've made, made, <laughs> made it through all of it, with Bridget sitting in the other room and not giving Shaking a fuck. You know Miss so. Miss Heart God. Um, <laughs> Mrs. Heart God Media. Um so if you've stayed with us for this f- two hour and fifty-five minute podcast on the Friday the thirteenth franchise on Friday the thirteenth. Uh As thank you. Jesse and will reveal his breasts. Yeah. Yeah. In, in Friday the 13th fashion. You've done right by me, you've done right by bt and john and sean and we appreciate it and you can find us at heart god media on instagram you can find us at heart god media on twitter you can find us on soundcloud and itunes happy uh friday the 13th happy friday the 13th you can download the podcast app if you have any kind of apple product Play the candy, and mama. and you can have any podcast that you subscribe to hopefully this one uh download it automatically to your apple device uh soundcloud you can follow our page there and listen to all our podcasts uh we drop every weekend sometimes fridays sometimes saturdays always on the weekend always several episodes always horror talk always movie talk always music talk uh we're gonna cover a lot of different things and i think i am going to cover sylvester stallone soon uh because i want to definitely touch on the rocky franchise the first blood franchise cobra of course cobra uh so sean you'll have to be a part of that one uh but yeah you can follow us on all those uh leave a rating and review on itunes uh follow our instagram page tell your friends about it if they like any kind of genre films uh horror films any kind of music particularly 80s or heavy metal or punk rock or what have you and yeah thanks for sticking it out for two hours and 57 minutes and 30 some odd seconds this has been a very fun podcast and hey Guys, thanks for joining me on Friday the 13th for this. Thank you, guys. Thank you. It was an honor. I love every single one of you. But, hell yes. Hard Guide Media, I'm Jesse HS. Thanks a lot.